Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys very, very much for being back with us here as we kick off Season 18. It is episode number 171, and it is Monday, April the 6th, 2020. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. As always, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Are you ready, Michael? Are you ready? Are you ready to romp through the world of retro wrestling? I'm ready to romp. It's been a while, because last week we romped through the Turtles. It was turtle romping. It was a cowabunga, if you will. It was a good time. I had a good time with that. That was so silly and stupid, and I loved it, and it was very early 90s. It was very early 90s, and folks, if you haven't checked that out, you can be sure to do that. We have some other things out right now as well. We have a Saturday Night's main event uh, live review that's out from October the 14th, 89. We also have our WrestleMania 3 review mm-hmm. right here on this podcast feed, and obviously today, episode number 171. Glad to be back, Michael, in this crazy world we're living in right now. It's a crazy, crazy time, but we, luckily you had the turtles, so. Luckily you had the turtles last week, and hopefully this uh, week we can bring you some comfort, whatever you're doing today, whether you're staying at home, whether you are working, driving around, whatever the case may be. You know, this work from home, I have a feeling the um, the hours that people listen to this show are, like, very weird now. They're, yeah. like, they're either, like, super early in the morning. Or probably like extra late because like people are just like, eh, eh. I got to eat. It's like been home all day, whatever. So, whatever time it is, whether it's 3 a.m. or something like that, whether you're day drinking, no judgments here. Thank you for listening along to OVP as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Uh, Michael, some business to take care of first. We business. have we have a tw- <laughs> we have a Twitter business. Yeah, uh, you can follow us at OVP Podcast over on Twitter. Some great retro wrestling clips over there. You'll follow us. You'll have fun. We promise. You can also email us if you want to at OVP Podcast at gmail That is OVP Podcast at gmail But Quinn, there's a really good place if you want to talk to you, me, and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics. It's over on Facebook. Is yeah, it? Yeah, Facebook.com slash NAS. Yes, it's, it's just a little bit of business. Right, a little business. It's a it's a good website. Basically. They have something they call a search bar over there. Okay, I uh, think I've heard of it. NAS. NAS, right. right. Yeah, NAS search bar. So what do you, how do you, what happens? So you type in that search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflui, the, you know, the three, the three, the three core essentials yes. of this show. <laughs> the cardinal rules. The cardinal rules. And, uh, you know, you hit the button to join and you're in. So you punch the button. Punch the button, Greg. And then you're in. Yep. And then once you're in, what you can do, folks, is you can talk to me and Quinn and hundreds of other folks there that like to talk about the old wrestling. We're talking WF. Yeah, WF. We're, we're talking WC. Yeah. W. We're talking AWA. You gotta say all three on that <laughs> yeah. one. The people are like, what is WC the bathroom? <laughs> WC Fields, if yeah. you want to. Yeah. But yes, talk about the old retro wrestling there. You can post questions. You can make comments. You can take polls. Whatever you want to do there. Just the, We have one rule, mainly. One primary rule, Quinn. We do. And what is it? Don't be a dingus. Don't be a dingus. There's you, no dingai over there. If you don't understand what that means, just ask somebody. Yeah. And we'll tell you if you're being a just, dingus or not. <laughs> You know how those like quote things are. It says, "What does 
don't be a dingus meme. Right. Like, you know, like with the stupid, like, I don't know, like Halloween shit around <laughs> right. it. Right. Why, why does Facebook do that, by the way? Well, it's uh, it's to make things fun. I when, guess. Okay. And that's the whole point of the group is to make things fun. All we want to do is make sure that you guys have fun over there talking about the retro wrestling. So join the group. It will be a good time. And a little bit later on, we're going to talk about our Patreon. But we do have one if you want to support the show. Uh, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Uh, more info to follow on that. But Quinn, this season, yes, to kick off season 18, we have a new segment. Yeah. And this segment, you know, Quinn and I have been wrestling fans for about 25 years each. You know, that's uh, over 50 years of combined fan. I feel like at this it's point. been longer at this point. <laughs> it feels so, I mean, longer. It, 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 all the, you know, the 100 and something years of this show and right. stuff. But anyway. And, you know, when you're a fan, sometimes your tastes change. Yeah. Sometimes your preferences change. Sometimes your perspective changes. And mm-hmm. some of the things that maybe you used to like, you don't anymore. Or some of the things that you never liked, you realize, wow, this is really good. And we could be talking about a wrestler. We could be talking about an event. We could be talking about a period of time in wrestling. Whatever the case may be, this season, Quinn and I are going to alternate each week, giving each other something where we have a fresh perspective that's the sound of perspective obviously that's exactly what it sounds like um thanks for showing me that yes you're very welcome quinn so this week it's my pick we're kicking it off here for for episode number 171 and i'm going to come right out of the gate with somebody that within the last year or so i have (laughs) a newfound appreciation for and i am talking about the honky tonk man, Michael. Yes, I'm so glad that you have a new appreciation <laughs> because he is the best. Okay, so a little background. Yeah, well, it's your perspective. It's my perspective. So. so, for many, many years as a kid and even as a young adult into my 30s, I viewed the honky tonk man from the eyes of the uh, internet wrestling community, meaning, oh, this guy can't work. This guy doesn't have good matches. This you, guy. You mean to say Mark? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, this guy, why was he the Intercontinental Champion so long? Blah, 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 blah. The stupid jumpsuit. The st- <laughs> he can't play guitar. I think the, the dumb that, promos. I think the thing that always pissed you off the most was that, like, he's Elvis, but he's not. That's or, the that, other thing, that's right? That's the thing that really, like, always. Ever since I met Joe, like, it's something that, like, grinded his gears. Like, and I didn't understand, like, why this one detail about him. Like, of all the other stupid shit that he does, like, the one thing you're like, oh, why does he say he's Elvis, but he's this guy? (laughs) because the whole thing is that he acted like Elvis ripped him off, but he's not old enough to have been ripped off by Elvis. Yeah, but on top of it, it's like he's not even acting like Elvis, but he's just dressed like (laughs) He sounds nothing like Elvis. Because a honky-tonk man likes to move around. He likes to twist and shout. You know what I'm saying? He has references that have nothing to do with Elvis. Like, he has Twist and Shout on his tights sometimes. Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue, which is a Buddy Holly song. All these things. <laughs> so for years and years and years, I was like, this guy stinks. Why was he the Intercontinental Champion? So, blah. Right? Yeah. And then I realized... I was getting worked yeah. the entire so, time. I think really what did this, actually, interestingly enough, was us re- uh, reviewing those pay-per-views. Yeah, going through the years since WrestleMania because, 3. Because it turns out he's like the best thing on a lot of these shows. He is a fantastic heel. Yeah. And that is my fresh perspective, is on the Honky Tonk Man, how good he was at performing. Woo, that makes me feel good. I knew they loved me. Now, when you talk about performing, right, some people are very into the matches and how right. good you can wrestle in the matches. But I think the thing is that people, they tend to think performance in wrestling is all about moves and matches, but when you're a certain type of wrestler, it might not necessarily be that. 
Correct, Quinn. That's a great point. Yeah. Because with the Honky Tonk Man, the whole point of him was not to put on 15-minute wrestling clinics. That wasn't the idea. Well, then you would like him. That, and then why would, you know what I mean? Like, that'd be stupid. The point, yeah, right. The point of his character, then, we're not going to do a whole recap of his character. We don't need right. to do that. But the point of his character was to piss you off. Right. That was the entire point. It was to be a heel and to draw heat. And one thing that the Honky Tonk Man did, as Intercontinental Champion especially, is he made people want to see his, get his ass kicked. Whether it was Jake Roberts before right. WrestleMania 3, whether it was after Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat, the acclaimed, <laughs> great match, <laughs> New Horizons and all that. That's my favorite part that plays into also like the Honky's offense on like what it is. <laughs> Because just rubbery and yeah, so fat. Everything he does is like abdominal stretch <laughs> or like punch. The like, lightest stomps in the world, the, you know what I mean? And and this fucking guy <laughs> is the guy that beats technical expert Ricky Steamboat in like a minute on fucking superstars or something right. for the title. After he clashed like two titans with yeah, Randy Savage. The most like epic match. <laughs> like Literally the best wrestling match that had occurred in WF to up to that point. Right, right. Just, Pure like, wrestling. And right. Honky Tuck Man's like, rubber, 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 I win. <laughs> just like, like bulks into him, like falls a, on him. Like a couple, like a month or two later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's literally like, like two months later. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest That's one of the great things, and that set off that chain reaction of, okay, well, if, if Steamboat's not going to beat him, well, Randy Savage is a face now, so Randy Savage has got the Macho Man's got to beat him. Right, and the funny part about that also that I loved was also, like, it was even the heel Macho Man was just, like, fucking annoyed with him. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was just like, it's like, this fucking guy, like, yeah. it's, it's like, this heel doesn't, I'm the heel that does fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, he's not good. Like, right. Yeah, like, Honky was so aggravating that he turned Savage face, essentially. Yeah, just because Savage had enough yeah. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? I'm the greatest intercontinental champion. You know, that whole yeah. thing. I want to tell you something right now. You're looking at the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time. Yeah. So then it wasn't Savage, right? Savage would beat him by DQ. Savage would beat him by count Savage out. Savage pretty much would do anything but actually lose to him. Right. And even on primetime television on the main event, right, in February of 88, you're like, all right, this has got to be the time, right? Right, enough. He's got to get him. DQ, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then we got Buffcake, and Buffcake stinks too, and he can't, right. <laughs> he just can't be but the new champion. You know what that is to me? It's like, let's throw Honky's like face clone at him, like the same kind of like offense, <laughs> right. and let's see what happens, right? And uh, he was not the new champion, yeah. despite his package. What a package. Now, all of that, though, did lead to, like, the other part of Honky being good is the Jimmy Hart connection, right. because that is the little Lulu incident and all that. Why don't you speak on that connection, Quinn, what so, made it so great? What I love about the Honky Tonk Man, on top of all this, of uh, the the performer, is because, like, the manager connection, right? He's right. got Jimmy Hart, right? But Jimmy Hart, what's so interesting to me about him is he's with so many different guys, yeah. but, like, Honestly, there's only two guys that stand out the most that he's the best with. It's the Honky Tonk and Jacques Rougeau. Like, <laughs> in, uh, in any iteration in of any Jacques iteration, Rougeau. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because with those two, it's like they love each other or something. They like, care deeply they, one for like, another. Way too much. It's all said well enough in that promo with the Lulu because in it, it's not like Honky's like this conceited heel. He's like upset for Jimmy. That he got his hair cut all and poorly. And he just yells, don't ever let him see it, Jimmy. <laughs> don't ever let him see it. Right. He's like all mad for Jimmy. 
Look, I look like little Lulu. Look at the back of my Don't worry, Jimmy. Cover it up. You don't let him see it. You cover your head up. Don't you ever let him see that, Jimmy Hart. Nobody's going to get hurt over this. Most man. embarrassing moment of anybody's life. Yeah, no, he's very and upset. And this connection made you, like, hate them more, right. right? The fact that, like, Honky is, like, in love with Jimmy Hart. Right, like, of course. It's like, they love each other way too much. And one of the great things about that pairing, too, is that sometimes they would throw Sherry Martell in as Peggy Sue. Right. Which just added to the flavor of the whole thing. Which like, she, is also awkward with two men hugging. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, she, and Peggy Sue's like, yeah! And, and, like and her dancing. poodle skirt yeah, yeah. and everything, you know, just stuck in a sock hop. Yeah, and there's also the time aspect that doesn't make any sense at all. Right, well, because... She She's from the 50s. He's right. Elvis, but he's dressed like 70s Elvis. Right. He acts like he wrote all the songs that Elvis sang, even though Elvis didn't even write the songs that Elvis mm-hmm. sang. He can't play guitar. All of it combines right. into also, this heat machine. Is he a time traveler? Like, we there's confusion about that. No, I don't too. know. That's the thing. Yeah. And one of the great things about the way he was sold by the announcers and by the on screen personalities is even guys like Jesse Ventura would say, he's lucky. You know, like, yeah. they would say, he sucks, but he gets away with it. <laughs> Just to add to it. You know yeah, what but, I mean? Uh, but Jesse kind of loved how lucky he was. Right. So, like, yeah. that, that was the funny thing. It's you Jesse, gotta admit, Monsoon. Just <laughs> loved rubbing it in their face. Like, it's like, look at this fucker. Yep. Like, it's like, you guys think you send out all your best faces and he just like is like rubber 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 right. and you're done and you know what was so great about honky during this period of time talking 87 88 mm-hmm. is who was the world champion it was either hogan for most of that or savage right? right you're talking the big hero the you know fight for what's right fight for your life you mm-hmm. know gotta be a man can't let it slide macho madness right that type of mentality and then over on the other end of the spectrum you have the absolute antithesis you have this cowardly bastard who will shove down a woman who will hit you with a guitar but only when it's opportune for him right, right. You have- and he's been champion for like a million years <laughs> yeah, like, like on way, top of it way too long. like Longer than the world champions. Right. Way too long, right? And that that's what's great about it is in the ring, it was believable that at any second, Savage could beat this guy down or Beefcake could beat this guy down. Obviously, we know what happened. It was the Ultimate Warrior that finally did it. Well, it took a guy that also couldn't wrestle to yeah. like kick his ass even though he can but like yeah. you know perspective wise right, people right. think like oh he's just like a power idiot or yeah, whatever power idiot. <laughs> the power idiot yeah the ultimate warrior but yeah it took don't that. you ever let him see it and, and the thing about warrior versus honky we'll talk about briefly is part of the reason that that was such a big deal was because of the ultimate warrior obviously right his star was on the rise but Obviously, Quinn, the other part is, who did he beat? He beat the guy that no one could finally get their hands firmly around. I love how it's done because it's done in such a way where Honky's confidence is, like, overflowing by this point, right? He's Absolutely. just like, nobody can beat me. I've been doing this shit for, like, almost two years. Yeah. Like, no one's gonna... He, and he just is like, I challenge anyone, like, Bruce Beefcake or whoever couldn't wrestle because right. his face fell in a canyon or something. No, I don't r- know. But anyway... It's not even it. Whatever. But anyway... Ron like, Bass. He's like, I'll take on anybody. And he even... There's a point which I really like right before where he gets on the mic and he's like, send him down. Yeah. Send him down. I'll Send take him down. I don't care who and it then, is. And then Gorilla, like, or Jesse, one of them notes, oh, he better, like, that's not a good idea or it's whatever. Probably Billy Graham. Remember, yeah. it's him. Somebody says something. Brother! Somebody <laughs> says to, like, whoa, like, that's not, that's not wise or right. whatever. And then Warrior just fucking storms down and beats him in two seconds. Yeah, it's amazing. Get me somebody out here to wrestle. I don't care who it is. Oh, don't say that, man. Don't say that, my man. 
the another great thing about Honky Tonk Man is even after he this is one of the great things even after he was in Intercontinental Champion he slid down the card a little bit he still played the character one hundred percent straight as if at any time you know he could regain the IC title uh, yeah but I find it interesting though because. You know, as as a viewer now, looking back at it, I always like I feel bad for him, as you you all know during every pay per view, because I'm like <laughs> he's so good, and they just like don't well, give a shit. Like you, you know gotta I mean? make room for other people sometimes. I you know, know. What I mean? you can't hold on to that. At forever. least he had double trouble, <laughs> Greg. Fallon. Double trouble, baby. <laughs> and then the and other, then rhythm and blues, the, right? The, the, yeah, the second iteration of double trouble. But that's a great point too. Is when they would do the music stuff. You know, anytime a guy is singing his own theme song, he's usually an asshole. Right. Exactly. Right? So whether you talk. Fucking Rougeau's, whether Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels <laughs> and in this case, Honky Tonk Man. And not only did he sing the classic one, Cool Cocky Bat, he also had like Honka Honka Honky Yeah, love. version two, <laughs> yeah. where, you know what's extra annoying about that? It, again, more heelness, right? right? He makes a big fucking deal about it. <laughs> Got like DDP driving a pink Cadillac <laughs> and all this shit. They're clearly not playing, by the way. And then just on top of it, you got fucking Mooney in the crowd. Like, say, little girl, what do you think? I like Honka 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 Hunka hunka love. She doesn't even say the other part. And then, and then she, he's like, Mary Tyler Moore, do you think it's good? And she's like, oh, interesting music, Marty, or whatever. Like, she's fucking Elaine McFly, or whatever her name Lorraine. is. Lorraine. Now, Quinn, you're going to get that on CD, right? Yeah, yeah, CD, yeah, the CD <laughs> comment. Yeah. Like, all this shit. Like, it's just so fucking annoying. And, and <laughs> Greg Valentine just, like, strumming, doing nothing, pretending to... playing an acoustic, which isn't even in the song. <laughs> right, it's not even hooked up to anything. They're all out of sync because of the PA, like, echo and everything, so he's, like, all off rhythm. Come on, baby! Oh, hold me tight! Hello, honky, what you need tonight? And one of the great things about a heel is if it's pissing you off, and I've said this before, maybe you think you know better, but I think most of the time, you're just getting sucked into it right. without realizing it. I everything really ab- think that's true. Everything about that scene you hate. Right. And then, like, the funniest part is more annoying people come at the end of Bushwhackers and yeah. they're like, we're selling shit or whatever they're doing. <laughs> Randomly. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> hey, we're selling, we're selling pastas. Why could the, do you ever wonder about that whole situation? Like, why did the Bushwhackers need to pretend to be, like, salesmen to get in? Like, don't they work there? Like, <laughs> Just saying. Like, yeah, it's not like they tricked them that much, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even Honk is like, that's Luke and Butch, yeah. the Bushwhackers! And they're like, yeah! <laughs> and they just like beat them up or whatever. Uh, you know, let's talk about heels real quick, because Honky was a different type of heel for that period of time. And I think this is why it worked. A heel that is a monster, and these are definitely effective too. And by monster, I don't mean big fat guy, but I mean more of like a Brock Lesnar for example, mm-hmm. that is almost unbeatable, that tears through people. You hate him because he's unbeatable. Yeah, and sometimes, if they're really good, you start to like him because they're like, oh, shit, yeah, you know, yeah. like, come on, get him! You I know what I say, mean? like, just on that note, there's sometimes with Brock, even to this day, even though I'm annoyed that he works there, like, kind of, or whatever. Well, a lot of people are, but... But, like, when he gets in the ring and he beats the ever-loving shit out of someone, I can't help but, like, smile or right. whatever. Even now, like, like, I'm 2020 Brock, like... Like, I know there's a lot of mixed opinions on on the Royal Rumble from this year, from yeah. 2020, but you know, people were cheering him on to keep eliminating people because it's like, funny, right? Yeah, it's, it's just like it's just like hate him all you want, but he just kicks everyone's ass. Right. So who gives a shit? And that's the complete opposite of Honky. Because if Honky had kept winning his matches by scientific wrestling, nobody would have liked it as much. No, because they'd be like, "Oh, this guy's actually really good." Because he looks stupid. That's right. part of it. You can't be like Brock Lesnar 
if you don't like wear Jimmy John shorts and stuff. Like, you know, have a sword tattoo. Honky Tonk Man doesn't have that going no. for him. His tights say, Love Me Tender. Uh, and the great thing about Honky is here's all the qualities, I think. Again, fresh perspective here that made him so good at this. He looked like a big dummy, right? Mm-hmm. He couldn't sing even though he said he could. So right. there's hypocrisy, right? He couldn't play guitar. He's got this shitty manager yeah. like yelling crap all, all the Annoying. whole time. He, who's now a colonel. Yeah, a colonel. I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> right? He is the Intercontinental Champion and he beat a champion that everyone loved in three minutes. Yeah. And every single time he got in the ring to defend it, he would somehow weasel out of it. Like All of those things add up to this absolutely hateable heel that people paid money to see lose. So if you're looking for the great wrestling matches, no, of course you're not going to get that with him. Yeah, but if you're looking for good heel work, I think he's somebody to go back and appreciate. Absolutely. Honestly, if you think about Honky now and you're like, I don't want to watch that. Go back and watch. It's really fun stuff. It really is. And I think the way he played the character to the very end, to this day, anytime they drag him out, you know. You know what the thing, I want to say this one more thing before we leave from him. It actually made me appreciate all the weird guest appearances later on because I'm like, man, he's just like straight up the fucking honky tonk. And it's like, why is he on commentary? I don't know, because he's an asshole. (laughs) Right. And you're supposed to be annoyed that he's on commentary. Correct. Yes, you're not supposed to like like him, Like, it's going to get real fun when he's just around in 96 when we're (laughs) redoing all this shit. Oh, God, in 97, yeah. And and it's just like, fuck this guy. Like, he's like, I got Billy Gunn or whatever, (laughs) you know? I'm still looking for the next Intercontinental Champion, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So to sum up my perspective here, for many, 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 many years, I was like, oh, this guy can't wrestle. He stinks. That was pointless. Got to give other people a chance. Well, a good chance. Deserve. Yeah. Listen, folks, in wrestling, titles aren't deserved so much as if you're going to draw money for the company, they're going to put it on you. And Honky Tonk Man definitely earned that. That's what it was, right? So I have done pretty much a 180 now. I really appreciate the craft that he put into it, the character, all the thought they put into it. And as far as you, when you always liked him, um, yeah, or, for the most part. I mean, like, he wasn't, like, my favorite or anything, but I think I like him more. Right. I didn't mind him. You never minded him. Yeah. You didn't have the guttural hate that I did for now, him, right? I, honestly, the one thing that did change is that now I seriously consider him one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions. At yeah. first, I, I didn't really, I was like, I don't get it that much. I think Macho Man's better or whatever, right. but, we, you know, we did this, you know, a few seasons ago. Yeah, but now I, like, really think of him as, like, after looking back at it, it's like one of the best reigns I've ever seen. It's, like, it's, it's so really great. effective. Yeah. yeah, really effective, really entertaining. So, folks, that's a little fresh perspective from OVP on the Honky Tonk Man. Be sure to let us know what you think of him in general as an in-ring performer, the character, the whole nine yards. You can do that, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email, ovppodcast at gmail.com, or join the group. But, Quinn, when we come back, it's a new season, and that means it's a new Royal Rankings. That's right. We are ranking this season the WWF Tag Team Champions, and that'll be coming up right after this. They've been called one of the hottest new bands in the music business today. Unfortunately, they are not here, so let me introduce instead the band that is awaiting our arrival, the Honky Tonk Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine, now known for reasons that remain obscure as not only rhythm, but believe it or not, blues. Hiya, fellas. Hey, see you're in the groove already. Nice to see you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Since you know a little bit about music yourself, you must be really anxious to hear us play our new hit, Hunker Hunker Honky Love. (laughs) 
Well, to be perfectly honest, Honky, I haven't been this excited since I found out that uh, Pee Wee Herman was straight. But you know, Honky, I can't help notice that you, uh, I gotta say this, you remind me of somebody, uh, Bill Haley, no, that's not it, Chubby, no, it's not Chubby Checker, I know, you remind me of Elvis, that's it, Elvis Costello, or is it Abbott and Costello, I'm a little confused about you guys. Well, thank you, Steve. I'm really excited because when we go out there, it's going to be big. Yeah. It's going to be bigger than Michael Jackson, yeah. bigger than the Rolling Stones, even bigger than a Beatles reunion. I can hear you, but at least as big as when Tiny Tim played the Vince Lombardi rest stop off the New Jersey Turnpike. That's right. So if you'll excuse us, we've got to get to practicing now. Because we're on our way to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Great. I'll call ahead and warn them you're coming. And now, back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks, guys, for being with us here. It's episode number 171. It's Monday, April the 6th, 2020. Hello there, Michael. Hello. Now, Mike, mm-hmm. you know we have Patreon? Um, we got that. Got Patreon? Yeah, we have it. You got, got pa- that? You got that? Got you Patreon? Got Patreon? Yeah, folks. And you can have it, too, if you want to go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, what we have there is a lot of extra content for a very low price. And we do this because we just want to give back to the people that support us. That's really the only yeah, reason we do it. We're giving back we're, to the community. We're giving back to the OVP community. So what we have there are $2 and $3 and $5 options. Now, the $5 option gets you everything. And I'll tell you what that includes. Mm-hmm. It gets you the pay-per-view reviews, which people seem to really, really like. The PPVs. The PPVs, Quinn. Yes, that's correct. SummerSlam is out now. Coming out this month will be Survivor Series 89. We're going in order, pay-per-view by pay-per-view every single month. And it's a full-length show. And if you want to hear what one of those sounds like, the WrestleMania 3 one is free on our podcast feed right now. Nice and free. It's like three or four things down from this one. Yeah, exactly. Just scroll down a little bit on your podcast feed, and you will see our WrestleMania 3 review. You can get all of those for just $5 a month, and it includes everything else, which is on the $3 tier, the 1983 bi-weekly, every single Friday, live reviews as Quinn and I watch WWF Championship Wrestling from 83. Yeah, that, that is such a good time. I love that show. It really is like an adventure through time. It really is. with Don Morocco and his fatness. <laughs> yes, and, exactly. I don't know, all the other stupid people Bobby in there. Koloff is yeah. there right now. Uh, we started all the way back in January of 82. We're in April of 83 right now, and we're just going to keep going here. We're going to hit the Hulkamania era eventually. I can't, I can't wait till we're in the uh, Attitude Era. Yes. Um, oh, that'll be great. Raw oh, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you want to get your hands on these, there's video and audio, and they're available on the $3 tier. And we also have free ones that come out. When we release a new one, we release one of the older ones as well. Right. They're about like 20-ish episodes behind, I yeah. believe. And you can check those on YouTube or on this podcast feed. And then the $2 tier gets you the raw video. That's the making of every single Monday episode. You can see Quinn and I, as we record the show, including this one right now, you can see what shirts we're wearing. Yes, shirts. <laughs> that, that's what everybody wants. Yeah. Um, that's why we provide that tier, is simply for the shirts. It's really, we're just going to rename it to the shirt tier. Shirt tier. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. it. So again, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate and support the show we understand if you don't or can't that's absolutely fine but if you want that extra content patreon.com slash ovp podcast and now quinn it is time for the royal rankings now the royal rankings very very special if this is very important it's so important like i obviously dave Meltzer put our last one in there oh yeah it's in the observer of course These are scientific rankings of the best and worst of something. Mm-hmm. See, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to vote on your 10 best and your 10 worst. 
And then Joe Merkel has been doing this for us the last couple of seasons. Thank you, Joe, by the way. Joe Calculon Merkel. <laughs> yeah. He compiles all the votes, tallies them up. And what we do is each season, we pull two names out of the tank and we see where they rank. So by the end of the season, you are going to have the definitive, scientifically proven, tested, non-GMO, ordained, baptized, USDA organic, best and worst, WWF tag team champions of all time. What an honor. It is a honor. It, it's a honor. <laughs> it's um, very honorable. Honor. Yes, it is. Now, Quinn Tag Champs, there was a very good tag scene in the 80s that we'll, I'm sure we're going to be covering as we go through. also the early 90s. And into the early 90s. And then there was also that resurgence in the 2000s, yeah. like the early 2000s. So there's a rather large pool to draw from here. Right. You know, the, the list of best tag teams could be across the board here from the 70s through the 2000s. I will say this. Once we get to the, the, the flush, oh, that's there's, a, fun. there's a, pool, uh, a bigger pool of bad tag teams. Yes, uh, that'll be next week when we kick off the flush, but this time it's going to be for the rankings, so what we're going to do is we're going to pull two names out, but before we do that, we have to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Oh, you didn't know? We're standing up here with these tag team belts, and that means we're number one. What about the strike force? We're going to strike with them with, with lightning force. And it's time for you to pay Money Incorporated. So, for the benefit of those who flash photography, what we have here are two hearts beating as one. <laughs> when we get done with you, you'll be sour and gory. the royal rankings of wwf tag team champions i'm excited michael how about you and those people in there i'm, I'm not excited <laughs> for making this list well we're gonna have to see because obviously not everyone is in the intro we're gonna right. have to find out who actually made the final cut quinn we are uh we're covering a period of time here like we mentioned from the 80s probably i mean maybe some people from the 70s made it i don't know i'm pretty I can't sure think there's of- probably people who are new that would make it too right yes that's possible anyone is eligible and uh just one clarification here folks quinn and i don't vote uh-huh we, we simply rank right we're neutral parties we do not here. we are the switzerland of ranking that's right <laughs> that's what they call us yes so put on your lab coat and goggles mm-hmm. Quinn. we got to get our, our self-situated here Wave your swiss flag <laughs> you get your swiss army knife out yeah. i guess get your petri dish petri you got yours i i, I don't have a petri in the backyard you got a be you got a beaker oh Oh, oh, yeah, over here. There's a speaker. Okay. okay. And it is now time to find out who drew number one. We're the cement on the family, the Bobby Heenan family. So when we beat you, just remember there's got to be winners, there's got to be losers. Hey, it's Tully Blanchard and Iron Anderson, the Iron brain busters. Anderson. All right. There uh, they are. They made it. I'm actually a little surprised. The illustrious reign. <laughs> Taking nothing away from the team, obviously. Great team. Right. But in WF, I mean, they weren't really the no. tag champions okay, for actually, long. Actually, I think this is good a good starting point, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Are we including them being tag champs elsewhere? No. This is only WF. Only WWF. Okay. And that's a good clarification yeah. point here, yeah. 
And we're not just judging the team on its own merits. We're talking specifically when they were the champions. Right. That's why it's champions. You know, so it's not like that they were good. Uh, yeah, right. we know they're a good team. But they were good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, very, very good. Yeah, third in incarnation of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, basically. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. So the Brain Busters came to the WWF in the fall of 1988, and they were managed by Bobby Heenan, hence the name. The Brain Busters. Right, because if they came to WF, no one's going to remember Iron Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Like, they just sound like some guys that work at an accounting firm. Right. <laughs> Blanchard and Anderson, LLC. Yeah. And they were uh, obviously a team prior to the World Wrestling Federation. They were members of the Four Horsemen. They were NWA Tag Team Champions. Yeah, they were really nothing to sneeze at. No, there was no sneezing involved. I feel like when they came... They kind of did have a reputation. Like, the fans kind of knew who they were. There was a bit of a buzz. Yeah. And Jesse was very good at putting them over. Right. As these guys are scientific wrestling, you know, all that stuff. He was very good with that. You may have seen them on TBS, he should have said. Yeah, that would go over well, (laughs) I would say. (laughs) You may have seen them elsewhere in the world of wrestling. And uh, (laughs) one great thing about the way they were treated is very no-nonsense. Like, we're just fucking wrestlers, dude. Yeah. That's what, what, they're hairy. They were serious. <laughs> they wore windbreakers, no music. They got in there and they just beat the crap out of their opponents with wrestling. Yeah, if you're a modern fan, they were basically Dash and Dawson, but like yes. successful. <laughs> like that was the difference. They didn't complain on the internet either, yeah, as far as exactly. I understand. They quickly got themselves into a feud with Demolition, uh, only within a few months of being there. They had some great matches against the Rockers, not involving the title, but they established themselves as this is a team that could freaking wrestle. Right. This is a team that was technicians in the ring and they knew how to beat people and they had some great stuff with the Rockers in 89. Yeah. You've probably heard of it and seen it. I just in general like their work in the ring like, I don't know, it's just the way they do stuff, like the things where like they would kind of run around the ring and distract people and like just weird shit. Yeah, right? and yeah. Tully's always entertaining, and Arn is one of my favorites too. And Tully I mean. was the best part to me, just because he's just such a fucker. Yeah, like, he's the, such an ass. He's such a dick. Like <laughs> it really, he is over the top looking back. Like I didn't realize like how flamboyant I guess he is. I know, like, and the dude looks like Larry from Perfect Strangers, and he acts like he's good. You know, yeah. she has my room. Why shouldn't she have my TV? <laughs> I put her in my will, but she already has everything I own. They made a big impact. They uh, defeated Strike Force. Well, just Tito Santana, really, after Martel walked out at WrestleMania right, 5. Right. And that was kind of their rise to feuding with Demolition. So they take on Demolition in the May of 89, Saturday Night's Main Event. They don't win the titles, but they have a rematch on the July of 89, Saturday Night's Main Event. And they actually defeat Demolition in a two out of three falls match to win the tag titles. I'm going to die through a chair in the ring. Now, to me, this is very strange, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Back then, titles really only changed hands on PPV. Let's be fair. For the most part, throughout the from the Hulkamania era onward, yeah. One of those four times a year. Pretty much. You know? So this reign was very odd in that sense. Because you didn't see it happen on pay-per-view. And which is weird, because as far as, like, for history's sake... Yeah. A lot of the television was not preserved as much. So for a lot of fans, I feel like it was a reign that was like a mystery. People are like, why the fuck are they the champions right. all of a sudden? Like, what even happened? Because if you if you didn't see it happen, they'd mention it a few times, but that would be it. Right. You know, they would mention it a couple of they times. They didn't even like show replays of it happening on the pay-per-views, I don't think. Like, no, they? not at SummerSlam 89. Yeah, no. they, I don't remember them showing like, hey, um, in case you missed it, 
this shit happened. They didn't. But what's interesting is the team that they defeated had been the WWF Tag Team Champions since WrestleMania 4. I think that, that makes it all the more mysterious, right? Like, right. they beat the elusive demolition. Right. Like, the, the guys that went through the powers of pain, you know, the uh-huh. big threat there. Yeah. <laughs> big, big, huge threat. <laughs> and the Brain Busters got the better of them. And here's one of the things that's weird about their reign. Makes sense in kayfabe, don't get me wrong, is they take on the Hart Foundation at SummerSlam 89. (laughs) I actually like this, but... The whole thing is it's not for the titles because the match was signed with the Hart Foundation before the Busters won the tag titles. Right, and they say that because, you know, Mean Gene's on the event center. Oh, they're going to fight them, and then all of a sudden they're the champions. It's like, oh, they're still going to fight them, but it's not for that. And they have a great match with the Hart Foundation, which obviously we just recently talked about on the SummerSlam review. Very, Very good. Very good. But it wasn't for the titles, but they were the champions then, so yes, it's part of their reign. Now, the thing that I like about that, though, is the psychology behind it, right? Because Jess puts it great at the beginning of that match, and he says, well, the Hearts really can't win, because if they if they win, they get nothing, and if they <laughs> lose, they have to wait a year. Remember that? One year. One year. Because SummerSlam 89, they gotta wait, I guess, till SummerSlam 90 to, to get another shot for right? the titles again, right? There you go. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So, they kind of just are the champions until October, but the they lose them back to Demolition in October of 89, October 2nd. But, but it, not on pay-per-view. No, on, on Superstars. And it doesn't air until November 4th, a month later, by <laughs> which point the Busters are on their way out. So really, that's their reign. As great what a rain. A, I know, yeah. as great a team as they are, and believe me, they are. I really like Tully mm-hmm. and Arn, not just WWF, but in general, as singles wrestlers, as tag wrestlers, Their and NWA. Their work is good. Their work is good. Excellent wrestlers. Mm-hmm. What do you think the, because there's not much else to talk about rain-wise, what do you think it did? Do you think it made sense to give them the belts? Because I've heard people say that maybe the Rougeos could have had that spot. No. No? I I feel like if you're going to have someone beat Demolition, yeah. it's got to be somebody that's like, you can outsmart them because you can't outpower them. And the Rujos are just big fucking goofs. Like, they're not like, <laughs> come on. Like, seriously. Like, I don't know. As much as I love them, it'd be like Honky Tonk Man beating Hulk Hogan or something. Like, you, you think know, so? In, in a tag team perspective. But you think the Busters had enough credibility as wrestlers and they had Bobby Heenan. They, they were yeah, a serious team. And they could outsmart them. Because Demolition, again, all power. Can I ask you a question, then? What was the point of doing this if it didn't lead anywhere and the Demolition just got them back? So, my my thinking always was is that Demolition had been the champions long enough that you needed to give them kind of like a something to chase for a couple months. An obstacle. An obstacle, right? So, that it's like, and it also make, makes you more sympathetic towards them. Because in a sense, how could you even be sympathetic for Demolition? They never fucking lose. Like, they're right. just unstoppable. Their biggest threat had been the powers of pain, and they easily dispatched of them. They stunk. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they were, like, so fucking bad. They were, right? That, like, in all honesty, that was kind of a bust, and that's, no pun intended, brain busters, but, like, ah. I think they mm. needed, like, I think really what happened is that the plan was is for the powers of pain to win, and like, oh, your head cannon there, huh? Yeah. No, but I think it was that the demolition would chase them for a couple months, and right? someone realized. Someone realized it's like, <laughs> look at these idiots. Like, they, I, I they are horrible. Like, I, I love them, too. If the but... best... Okay. The, you know, this is a sign that you're not good, <laughs> is when Mr. Fuji is the best part of your team. Barbarian's good, Quinn, and I will not yeah, stand not for at, that. Not at that point. He's still a good He's wrestler. Not, good at, not at that point. Not guys. good with the warlord, maybe. Brain spends a lot of money. And he gets the antlers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spend a lot of money. 
spent a lot of money. Did he buy them the antlers or did Barbarian get them himself? He spent a lot of money. I mean, I'm <laughs> going to think he, he had to spend it on Barbarian. Now, where do you get antlers? Um, it, it, besides off a deer. Well, where is the Barbarian like from? Like Mongolia or something? Tonga. Like, Tonga? Is that where he's introduced from? No, I don't know if he's introduced from there. That's where he's from. Mm. He knows Haku. Yeah, he does. But, yes, it's real. But he's a barbarian of what area? Tonga? Like, they never say. Oh, every, anywhere, maybe. Just, yeah, like, he fought the Romans if, and shit. If, he's like a time traveler like Hercules. If there's a local barbarian, he'll, he'll like, barbarian yeah. field, he'll, he'll be, go like, to friends it. with him yeah, or he'll something. Just, <laughs> yeah. he, he's part of the barbarian What a weird union. tangent for the brain busters. Indicative of nothing to talk about right. for the reign. But my point is, is that I feel like they were a replacement. For, like, something that was supposed to happen because they were shitty. And they were credible, I think, is the yeah. biggest point. And I think I think that's an excellent point you brought up, Quinn, that it gave Demolition something to chase after. Give him something to be sympathetic about. Much like Rude beating Warrior. Right. Gave Obviously, Warrior some shit to do for a right. couple months. Warrior got it back. It seemed like the theme of 89 was taking titles away from, like, reputable champions and then having them chase it. Yeah. Except had- Savage never got it back. Right, but Bastards. I mean, when your elbow doesn't work on <laughs> the guy who beat you, <laughs> fucking stupid. Anywho, uh, yeah, so Brainbusters as a team, excellent team, love watching them to this day. Like I mentioned, that SummerSlam 89 match, if you want to look at some stuff by them, is excellent. It's the opener. And any of their house show stuff against the Rockers, whether I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they did MSG or not, I can't remember off the top of my head, or if they did Boston Garden. They did a lot. They did a lot uh, of they stuff. They worked together for months. Yeah. Excellent stuff again. Really, really good stuff against the Rockers to the point where even Arn has said they were teaching us. They right, were teaching yeah, us. Yeah. We were learning from them. Yeah, which I think is awesome. That's my Arn Anderson it's impression. Weird that Iron Anderson is supposed to teach someone when he's like twenty six or something <laughs> that looks like he's forty six. Well, he's thirty one, I think thirty, yeah. but thirty. He's still younger <laughs> than we fucking, are now. <laughs> it's still wild that he's like that young. He's like, not it, even. <laughs> it's it's the weirdest thing ever. He's like, like when he retires. What he's only like thirty six or something. He's 38 when he retires. He looks so old. Like, he looked, like, in 96, or whenever, he, it was 96 he retired, 97, right? yeah. Yeah, I remember being, literally as a kid, being like, man, no wonder he's retiring. That guy's, like, he's that like guy's 50. gotta be, like, 50-something years old, right? It's like yeah. the, he looked Oli's age. Yeah, he, he was did. so ridiculous. Uh, that's one of the other legacies of Arn Anderson, but yeah. that's the Brain Busters, folks. I love them as a team. Their reign, though, really wasn't much of one. In in terms of duration, that aired on TV, it didn't even make four months. In terms of real life, it was less than three months. Mm-hmm. There was no notable pay-per-view defense. Again, great match against the Hearts. That's really all there is to say about it, but I have a feeling they were voted in. What are you smiling about, Chuckles? <laughs> just old Iron Man. <laughs> just, just thinking about like all the times I saw him as an, as a kid, and it was just like I'm pretty sure every time I saw him, I thought he was like 47 years old. So like, because he's so old looking. I was like, was this guy wrestling in the 70s or even the 60s? Maybe I know like, it would be believable. Yeah, uh, but back to the Busters here. Yeah, on in terms of having notable defenses, there weren't many. And that's really uh, going to be a downfall, I think, for them. But I think they made it in because people really like them mm-hmm. as wrestlers. They are the team that finally dethroned Demolition, short as it was. And obviously, who, do, who the hell doesn't like Arn Anderson or Tully? Well, yeah. some people don't like Tully. but I like Tully better, but that's just I me. I can't. Ogden, Utah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, folks, that is the Brain Busters. We will see where they rank. But right now, it is time to find out who drew number two. You know, when the Hart Foundation won the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles, we knew there was going to be a lot of pressure, but we like pressure. 
Well, it was inevitable, Quinn. It's the Hart Foundation. Wow. We knew they would make it. We go from uh, guys who are barely champions to guys that are consummate champions. Yep, and one of the most notable teams of this era. So the Hart Foundation, we can talk about a little bit here. Teamed up in 85. You know, Brett has his famous story where, you know, they brought in Jim and they wanted me to be a cowboy, yeah. but I don't want to be a cowboy. Cowboy. A whole cowboy thing. And it's a good thing that they make Brett a cowboy, to cowboy be honest. Brett Hart. It would have been horrible. It would have been a great gimmick. Um, <laughs> Mr. Charisma over there in 85. Success. Yeah. <laughs> a huge. He, he said they had a horse for him. They would have brought me in on a horse. Why you know? horse? I don't even know how to ride one. You know, I think I can make a good saddle. Anyway, uh, they saddled him with Jim Neidhart, and that turned out to be one of the best teams uh, of the 80s, obviously. It was very saddled. It was <laughs> it was a very good team. So the Hearts team up in 85 and immediately are just putting on these good matches. And yes, that's the cliche breath thing, but they really were putting on good stuff with the Killer Bees and with the British Bulldogs in 85 and 86. You know, I thought me and Jim had the, the best matches All on right. the card. Stop it. Uh, so <laughs> and they got themselves into a tag team title shot, obviously, in January of 87. Now, the British Bulldogs... Bulldogs were the incumbent champions at that time, Quinn. Yes. And the British Bulldogs had won them rather notably at WrestleMania 2. You know why, right? Because well, Ozzy Osbourne, he was going to manage them forever. And thank God he managed them that night. He did so much stuff. They and, wouldn't have won. And Captain Lou was even there to help. Like, How did he become their manager, I by don't the know. way? Kathy Lee Crosby was like, this is great. And, like, you know, like that. It was just such a great moment. It really was. Now, uh, it was also, we need to mention this. We'd be remiss if we didn't. It was a nightmare for the Dream Team. Yeah, and it would never, ever not be mentioned right. ever again right. if Gorilla Monsoon was there when right. Greg Valentine was there. Exactly. So the Bulldogs won at WrestleMania 2. That's obviously April of 86. And uh, respected wrestlers, obviously. Everyone loved the uh, talents and abilities of the Dynamite Kid, personal mm-hmm. issues notwithstanding. You know what I find interesting about this this whole switch here, right? At that point in time, the Hearts did not have this reputation of good matches and all this shit, right? No. Like, they were just like these jerks that worked at Jimmy Hart Studios or yeah, whatever. we need to like talk about that too, like Quinn. toy room and all yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Dating game. Look at the Hart for all and they're playing with toys. I'll you back in the I'll you right back. Rolling men playing with little dolls. One of the things I love about early Heel Heart Foundation is they're funny. Yeah. They're goofballs, but they're assholes. But they're not, like, lauded as, like, technicians. No. Well, only Gorilla. Brett, Brett uh, would laud. Yeah, Brett would be lauded by Gorilla. Yeah, but only that. Like, that's yeah, that's the about thing. it. Gorilla, excellence of execution, yeah. but like, that's because he also would say that about anybody. Barry Orton. Yeah. I mean, Bob Orton. Yeah. <laughs> Barry. Uh, Barry O. But they were like kind of comedic heels that were also really good in the ring. That was kind of their MO. You had the Power Man, obviously, the Anvil, and the was the Porsche in the tank, I think Brett right. used to say, yeah. right? And Brett was the Porsche. I mean, you know, I thought I could drive a stick shift. And it was just, they were a really good team. They get themselves in this title shot against the British Bulldogs. But meanwhile, what's been going on is Danny Davis has been wearing weird pants. Yes. And be- he, usually he wears weird pants and then stuff happens. <laughs> in this case, though, I think he was just in his regular ref garb. In this Maybe one, he, he is. the tie or something. But I don't remember. He, he had been a little dubious lately. You know, right. leading into January of 87. Now, this was also on Superstars or some shit, wasn't it? It, it Which was. Which is weird, but you, more people remember this because of the ridiculous stuff. So, in real life, Dynamite Kid had a very bad back injury, so he didn't really wrestle in this. Bulldog took the entire match, basically, which is a short match. The Hearts put him out of commission, you know, put mm-hmm. Dynamite out of commission early on. Anyway, Danny Davis is blatantly favoring the Hart Foundation Yeah, at this, this one's, point. like, really more obvious. This isn't just the, the rewrite with the pants. Right, this like, isn't just the Dockers being the wrong color. Tan pants. Why do I buy tan pants, Donna? 
I still don't get why that was like retconned into being part of this. Because it made sense. Yeah, Someone like, realized, oh, Danny Davis was the ref for Savage Santana. Fuck it. Let's just throw him into it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just really, <laughs> it's actually good attention to detail. It's just a really funny, stupid retcon because of something that's more blatantly, like, obviously the story. Yeah. But I liked it. Uh, so, yeah, Davis is just being a complete butthole this entire match. Right. And because of that, the Hart Foundation wins the tag team titles. And they, like, adopt him at the end of the match. They're like, hey, yeah. come with us or whatever. He leaves with them, which like, yes. is blatantly, yeah. right? What is this? Here it is. The Hart owns line. No, no, no. Three. We have new champions in the world. So Jack Tunney's like, never fucking again will Danny Davis be the referee. Banned for life yeah. plus 10 yeah. years. Ten, <laughs> right. Whatever he And then he joins Jimmy Hart's Heart Foundation. Now, the Hearts have been wearing all pink at this time, which is a very dicky thing to do, yeah, which we this love. Yeah, just to piss everyone <laughs> off. But, like, yeah, like, we also said they've been playing with toys and, like, dating game, and, like, right. they weren't, like, anything. What exactly is a female dog? That's that what Brett well, It's <laughs> called a bitch, is the term. <laughs> a what? Call the, the terminology is a bitch. It's a female dog. And they're the tag champions all throughout 1987. But the thing is, is due to the feud they were in at WrestleMania 3, they didn't get a title defense on pay-per-view because the Tag Champs Heart Foundation teamed up with Danny Davis to take on the Bulldogs and Tito Santana. Which I thought was actually like, if you're a fan at the time, this seemed like awesome. It's like, wow, that fucking Danny Davis, that piece of shit. Yeah, no. Like, everyone's going to be able to, like, get revenge on them. Danny Davis, he's not going to be wearing the pants this time. (laughs) But Tito Santana's going to be able to punch him. And, and then it like devolves into like Slick's clothes getting ripped off yeah, later. There's, like, there's also know, an like, element of Slick's clothes getting I don't, ripped it's off. All, it's all connected somehow. I don't know what that's all about, actually. So they would go on to defend the tag titles against the Bulldogs. Again, I think they had a match on Saturday Night's main event in 87. And the great thing about the Hart Foundation is heels is the way they won it was so shitty. So the fans were immediately pissed off. Like, fuck these guys. That's a good way to keep the heel heat going. Yeah. But they were also really good wrestlers, obviously, with good matches and yeah, all that stuff. They kind of grew on everyone during this reign. To me, the first reign is when people were like, oh, they're good wrestlers. Because yeah. before they were like, who, what? They're just like, assholes. Again, dating game and toys. Yeah. Like, they were nothing. They were just kind of jerks that were sometimes funny, though. They were funny. They were, were kind of like Rougeau's version one. Like, the way yeah. that is, like, where they're, they're like, way too chummy yeah. with Jimmy and stuff. You know, and speaking of the Rougeaus, they feuded with the face Rougeau brothers in 87. Right. They actually... Some people know this. They actually dropped the titles to them in what? Montreal because Montreal, of course, Jacques Rougeau territory. He, you know, he'd be Hulk Hogan there and yeah, shit. Too. He did. <laughs> he literally did. Yeah. And uh, that was never recognized. I think they either won it back or it was, um, you know, like retconned or whatever. It was a weird thing in the 80s where they would do that, where they're like, yeah. the title changes hand, but don't don't worry about that. Like, it's, it never happened. And I don't know if there's any footage of it. If mm-hmm. there's an, even a slice of footage of if that match. Vince was probably waiting at the, at the doors of the arena. Like, hey, pal, <laughs> give, me your, give me your camera <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But that was just for the Montreal crowd. But they did have a nice feud with the Rougeaus, who are excellent wrestlers, too. When they're not playing comedy heels, they're great wrestlers, too. Right. The Rougeaus. They were a good team. And then they started feuding with uh, Strike Force. So Strike Force had uh, formed because Tom Zenk left. You know, the K&M connection. Well, he sucks. <laughs> like, so, good. <laughs> Now, actually, you know what's kind of funny about this? Yeah. If you think about it, yep. it involves Tito Santana. Right. And he fucking hated them because of the Danny Davis shit. Right. So it's all kind of connected, right? It, it is all connected. So they have this match in October of 1987 on Superstars. 
where Strike Force, a rather newly formed team at this point, cleanly defeats the Heart Foundation. They get the Anvil and the Boston Crab, and it's over. And Strike Force, the new champions, the crowd flips out. Yeah, because- and then they instantly don't like them because girls in cars or whatever. <laughs> yeah, by the time they get to demolition at four, the crowd's like, who the fuck is this? Get the-, the gamblers in the audience at four are like, they're like, where's the Heart Foundation? Who's this? Yeah. You know? Seriously. So, so the Hearts now do their thing. They turn face in 88. As we mentioned, they take on the Brain Busters right. SummerSlam now, 89. Now, they turn face due to Bad News Brown or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. If you want to briefly get into that, that's fine. I can yeah, do that. So they're in a battle roll together like they usually are, like at <laughs> WrestleMania 2 when they yeah. wore the blue. But yeah. this time, they're regular Heart Foundation, but they, I don't know, they have these weird like bathing suits on or something. Remember Their that? attire's a little shabby. Yeah. It anyway. looks like an old lady painted. Right. Anyway. Martha. Brett makes it I mean, to the Ellen. end. Yeah, Brett makes it to the end of this stupid shit, right? And yeah, like, and he's like, you know, we should team up. Bad news, Allen. They, they do that like slick high five together. <laughs> they think they're so they think good. They're so good. And, and the, then bad news is just like after they get rid of, I don't remember junkyard, who, dog. junkyard dog. Bad news just ghetto blasts him, and that's it. Like yes. he throws Brett out, and Brett's like, "What the fuck, asshole!" So yeah. he throws the trophy at a at an ashtray, <laughs> and then it breaks. And then now they're faces. Like Jim Jim Neidhart's like, "I like Brett, so I'm a face too." Yeah, that is the abridged version. The, yeah. the funnier part of that, though, is uh, the follow up to that whole thing is Brett starts to wrestle some singles matches, and so does Jim. And Brett's feuding with Bad News, so Brett by default is face. But Jim Neidhart is still a giant asshole. And if you remember at WrestleFest '88. <laughs> Nightheart faces Lanny Poffo and Poffo's a face and Nightheart's a heel. <sighs> so Whatever. weird. It's just bizarre. Now, is anybody even rooting for Lanny Poffo at that is point? Is anyone ever? Yeah, he always was a heel even when he was a face. <laughs> I have poetry. Frisbees. <laughs> <laughs> so... The Hart Foundation turns face officially, yes. In the spring of 88, they get rid of Jimmy Hart because Jimmy Hart was like screwing around with money behind their back, right? right. As usually is the case with usually, the old managers. The old Captain Lou. <laughs> right, the old Captain Lou. And we fast forward to 89 where they lose to the Brain Busters. Right, so they lose to them at the SummerSlam. Right. The SummerSlam. We have to point this out because it's like noted. It is noted. It's like yeah. Jesse's like, well, they won't have a title shot for a year. So they work their way up for a yes, year. Yes, they do. Notably defeating the Bolsheviks in like 19 seconds at but WrestleMania 6. That was predictable. Though. Very. And then they get the shot against the Demolition. Right. Of course, the problem with this version of Demolition is now Crush is also there. <sighs> it's horrible. <laughs> I hate this so much. And Fuji's back. It's all bad. They make them dumpy. <laughs> and then they have this match at the Summer slam where they're like they all got masks and they're like we're switching and blah 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 and it's like two out of three falls and it's like forever but it's actually a good match it's very good i'm match. not shitting on the match. match it's just i don't like the demolition like this really this come it's down it's like, crush yeah it's like once there's crush there like axe is like oh shellfish and he like can't wrestle as much even though he's there like it doesn't yeah. make he's still I, there i don't know but he, his hair is different or something survivor it doesn't have like slick in it that's it's, later yeah that's survivor series where he has the flat hair it's you know, real it's like jerry seinfeld shower hair or whatever like it's bad what is the deal so anyway the heart foundation wins uh, because lod comes down and they look at demolition yeah that god there's so many things i don't I, like about this but either way the heart foundation wins it and now they got these like felt coats and like hats on yes they do they yeah. have their, the epaulette jackets and all yeah. that stuff i do love the pop though when the heart foundation wins the titles yeah at SummerSlam and from they, the like, spectrum hug crowd in the, middle of the ring and the belts are like extra golden yeah you ever notice that very shiny They're very right? goldy
And the way Anvil runs in and like covers Brett and cackles like maniacally yeah. after they win. It's just nice moment. It's, fondly a, it's remembered. a good moment. Everyone's like, man, we've been seeing them fight since like for a year now trying to get these yeah. damn belts back, you know? And then they take on, uh, they have a lot of stuff actually. They take on the Rockers on uh, what didn't air, but they take on the Rockers and they're supposed to lose it to them. Yeah. Remember the, the you know, yeah, the, the broke. belts. Referee's a piece of yeah. shit. Yeah. That whole thing. And they're, you know what's weird? They're very proto Coliseum video y during this too. Like, they where are. they're like, oh, we have all these good matches on, <laughs> on fucking Coliseum video and shit. <laughs> Super tape, whatever, like, and all this. Now, another problem though, Quinn, with this, uh, with this reign is no pay per view defenses until WrestleMania <sighs> Again, 7. Coliseum video. They do. Superstars, all that. Now, while they were the champions, they took on the Legion of Doom, which aired on Coliseum Video on WrestleFest 91. Of course they did. They lost to them, actually. Uh, and But they, it wasn't a title defense. And then they lose him to the Nasties. Macaulay Culkin is there. Right. Remember? Yep. <laughs> yep. That, Who's that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? He's been in like only the biggest movie ever. Yeah, at this was... Home Alone was like such a big deal. How does he not know who he is? <laughs> oh, that youngster. It's like, then there's what? like an awkward silence. Yeah. He doesn't want to be home alone with the nasty boys. Yeah, somebody throws in something <laughs> yeah. like Bobby or something. <laughs> Probably Bruce or yeah. somebody, right? Or Vince. Yeah. But that's it. They lose him to, ironically, Jimmy Hart's nasty boys. Full circle. Jimmy Hart, you know, <laughs> years later and it's now. it's like the nasty boys are like extra dumpy. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> it's like these guys have no right got, to win this match. Helmet. Like, we're going to hit you with it. Jimmy's like a biker now or something. Like, I don't know. Now, let's be honest here. That's the Hard Foundation, one of my favorite teams. Not just because Brett is they, in it, because I like watching they them. They would like team up once or something, right? Like, yeah. There um, was like a Jim Brett thing. They teamed up uh, July 1st, 91 of MSG to take on the Nasties. Right. Uh, that was like after Jim was already wearing the stupid clothes, but he like put the good clothes back on for that now, match. I, I seem to always mix this up in my brain, just like post Hart Foundation or Go whatever. Go ahead. Wasn't there something where they teamed up? Like in '94, and like Jim turned on him, and that's how he turned heel. Or am oh. I like imagining stuff? No, you're not. At King of the Ring, Brett brings out the anvil to watch his back because Brett's facing Diesel, who has Sean. Right, that's it. So Nightheart's with Brett there. But right. then remember, he punches Razor Ramon later, and Owen becomes and the Rocket King. As the final thing, as a, as a Brett Hart aficionado, did yeah. they ever team up when the New Heart Foundation was formed, yes. like for house shows or something? There was one house show, and it's not on, it wasn't televised, it's, there's no footage that I know of, in 97, I don't know the month, maybe August or September, mm-hmm. maybe July, I don't remember, where someone, I think it was either Bulldog couldn't wrestle, and maybe he was supposed to team with Neidhart, or maybe Neidhart was the sub, you know, yeah. for whoever. But anyway, yes, I, Brett I, and Jim I was always surprised they didn't capitalize on that, like on some Raw matches like or something. Like at least one, right? Yeah, like on Raw, like, I don't know, like Sean and Triple H are like, fuck you guys, yeah. and they're like, I'm getting my friend Jim, like, he still works here, and, and then they're like, you know, they an old for old time's sake and or they something. Could, and they could have done it in Canada, because they were running some Canada shows, right. that way, like, they could have been faced, you yeah, know what I mean? the old Heart Foundation, right? right? Yeah, they never did that on TV, but there was one so match. Stuff that was odd. It like, is odd. Jim, Jim Neidhart just hanging around, like, right. in the Heart Foundation, and he's never teaming with Brett. Like, right. what? I, I know, I always wonder, I was always, like, waiting for it as a kid, like, all right, right when are they going to team up one time, you know? Yeah. Never happened. Anyway, that's the Heart Foundation. Love the team. Great team. Another respected uh, wrestling team, much like the Brain Busters. We're going to have to see where these guys rank now, so, obviously, it's a wide-open slate right here, Super Quinn. wide. We got to start with the Busters. The They're busters. number one. No, I'm just they, kidding. well, they have to be. I know. Like at the end of this, but so I who don't are we putting this first? I mean, I think it's just a matter of like pitting these two together, right? Okay. Now let's discuss. They're both technical. So, uh, you know, the Meltzer people are just going to be like, oh, this is really hard. You know, like Mr. Technicals over here. Do we have Meltzer people that listen to us? Uh, maybe. Okay. No judgments. Yeah. 
I'm just saying. Mm. I mean, they might have heard about it in the Observer. You know, when when this was the last one was in the there. last one came yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, right. Good point for managers. They're both really good wrestlers. Well, no, they're not. Anvil is a different type of good wrestler than, than the other three. You know, I actually personally, <laughs> I have to say this about Anvil. I know. I personally don't think he's that bad. He's not. Like, well, I, I think he serves a purpose and he does that purpose well. He's one of those guys, though, that needs a tag partner. He's not a good singles oh, yeah, wrestler. No, he's like supposed to be a tag wrestler. Yeah. But like what I like about him is he actually like even though he's shorter, he somehow like conveys that he's extra powerful. Yep. I don't know what it is about him. He just sold you just well. look at him and you're like, yeah, man, that guy's like a fucking tank. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, like, you know how like Taz is where he's short, but he seems like strong and yeah, very stout. powerful. Yeah, he's very like powerful or something. Powerful. Very he can lift a hundred pounds right over his head. So much power. <laughs> powerful. He's so powerful. He can lift a hundred pounds right up over his head. But yes, both great teams. Both uh, respected teams, I think, in terms of their ability. Both had some really good matches, and including one with each other. Mm-hmm. Both took on the Rockers a real lot. <laughs> yeah, lots of rock. Both took on Demolition a real lot. Both mm-hmm. beat Demolition. Kind of a the lot of parallels. time period. You know? No defenses on pay-per-view, except for the one where the Hearts lost it at WrestleMania 7. Right. Interesting. Hearts, obviously, champions longer and twice. Brainbusters for a few months. Hearts also kind of had a reputation as this, like tag team champions like really really excellent tag team they didn't even need the belts that were that good yeah that's true i mean they always you know you could put them back together at any time it felt like and right. these guys are just great team. i think we feel that way only because they broke up for that brief period but they for the most part like they existed together mostly other than that like one six month period yep they worked very well both as a heel team and a face team to the hearts that's true busters were always heel i mean in terms of just the overall probably impact of their reigns. It's got to be Heart Foundation number yeah, one, right? They're I mean, more remembered. They're Let's more remembered. Like, as the as the consummate WWF tag champions, like, they had the titles twice in a time where, like, that was rare. It had been rare, yeah, yeah for a while. And they also, like, what I like about them is the gap between their reign. It makes the second reign feel earned. Yes, it is three and a half years. Right, and it's like fighting up the ladder. It's like getting back to where they were as faces, not as heels. Right, they had done so many other things in that period of time. The feud with Bad News Allen, they feuded with the Rougeau brothers when they mm-hmm. were heel. They uh, split and did some single stuff for a while. They were on they, separate teams in Survivor like Series 89. on like a journey. Right. Right. And they came back and, it, and you know, they get to SummerSlam 90 and they finally do it. And it, that's why when they win the belts at SummerSlam 90, it's such a big deal. It's like practically like a double main event of the show. Like everyone's like, that's like one of the top matches at that show. Probably number three match because you got the Hogan Earthquake and the Rude Warrior and then that. Yeah. Because people like when I remember even like they say like this match for the tag toes and everyone flips the fuck out because they're like, yeah, man, like we've been waiting for this for like months. Right. And Demolition was very annoying at that point. Right. Because they just turned heel for Fucking no crush. reason and brought in Crush. And everyone's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Heart Foundation. Look, I, li- I like the Busters a lot. Their yeah. reign was very short. Yeah. The Heart Foundation had two of them. One is heels, one is faces. I think like that's Like we said, I think, the, I think the biggest problem with the Brain Busters is that it was like, it feels very much like they had something else planned. And the Brain Busters kind of stepped in because it didn't work. It's possible, Glenn. Yeah. And folks, if you know any more about that, obviously let us know. But Even yeah. if it's not true, it still feels very replacement, whatever it is. It does. And it was really just like a, a flip-flop title change, just like you said. I think you nailed it, just to give Demolition something to chase after for a little bit. Right. It wasn't really a title reign in earnest. 
Right. Most people consider Demolition the true champions right. the whole time. Whereas the Hearts were the dominant heel champions throughout 87. Right. And then they were the face champions 90 into 91. The well-earned face champions. Well-deserved, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think we can settle on that. Yeah, so, so no- Heart Foundation, the greatest tag team ever today yep. or whatever. But it's not official until we hear the music. So right. for week one of the Royal Rankings of Tag Team Champions, let's run it down here. Congratulations to the Heart Foundation, the best WWF tag ch- tag team champions ever, Quinn. It was amazing. Literally how they, ever. How did they do this? I don't know. They just did. But yeah. number two, credit where it's due, the Brain Busters. Mm-hmm. Very good very, job. Very good. Very nice. Very number two. Nothing else right now because yeah. in two weeks we'll be back for the rankings. Next week will be the flush. And Quinn, when we come back, we have a zone that we need to get into. It's got a lot of action. There is a lot of action, folks. Plenty more action. <laughs> and that'll be coming up. <laughs> right after this. Nobody knows better than the Hart Foundation just how long it took to regain the WWF Tag Team titles. (laughs) And Jimmy Hart and the Rhythm and Blues, it's going to be a different story next time when you step in the ring with the Hart Foundation. Right? Oh, it's going to be a different story, all right. Hey, Rhythm and Blues, you want to bring your guitars? Fine. You want to bring the microphone? Fine. You want these? (laughs) That's no good, baby. Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique, it's quirky, it's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern front wrestling we're talking about smoky mountain and the nwa it's booking the territory so again our three friends of the show the new day podcast greetings from allentown and booking the territory and welcome back wrestling fans to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast episode number 171 michael quinn yes the action zone is what we're reviewing today. So much action. So much action. Now, I hate this show. <laughs> yeah, first and foremost, you know, you know my like hate for this. But this is like a different action yes. zone or something. Like when you recommended this to me, Joe, right? Which is from Richard Land's recommendation, by right. the way. I, I I was gear. I was like bracing myself, strapping myself to the chair so I wouldn't run away from Todd and Doc just dancing and glass tables and shit but it's not that version yeah now, that's what's great about it so it's some other thing so do we need a little brief refresher on what the action zone is i sure. think we do well we need to know what this action okay. zone is not we know the piece of shit <laughs> that action zone is in the glass table era right? right so the action zone this show debuted in october of 1994 aired on the usa network and it was actually the direct replacement for all-American Wrestling, which aired from 83 to 94. You and I actually saw the final All-American with the mm-hmm. set being torn down and DiBiase's all up tight. <laughs> well, good thing they shut that show down, <laughs> because basically, by that point, besides it being DiBiase and Todd in Ugh. a fucking studio, it was also like 
Didn't it have something to do with Mean Gene and Bobby? Like there was that era like, of it in '93. <laughs> I feel like that was directly before the DBS and Todd there was the era. Gorilla and Johnny Polo era, oh, which sorry. was kind of good. Excuse me. There was the Vince by himself era, which was bad. This show was just a piece of shit. Really, then, like yeah. All American, and all it was, folks, All American at that point was a recap show. That's Gl- literally all it was. That's all it deserved to be at that point. So they had this new concept in the fall of '94, which was, you know what? You know how we have superstars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have that. Let's do a version of that, but on cable. Right. And that's essentially how they started this. So It wouldn't matter much longer because superstars would just go, yeah. go to USA anyway. Right. Who the fuck <laughs> wanted that on it? <laughs> so basically, the way this is shot and produced and treated for the early run, the first year of the Action Zone, it's basically like a superstars or a challenge. Yeah, it's it's that. Just like, on cable. I got a question for you, actually, because yeah. sometimes the way they did things back then... Is this one of those things where, like, this was called something else, or it was, like, called, like, Super Duper Challenge in, like, England or something? You know what I, I, I mean? Do, like, super Duper Challenge? I, super Slime Challenge. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know how, like, UK, like, they just did, had a different name, but it's the same fucking show? Yeah, I know, but I don't think so. I okay. think <laughs> That's actually a really funny question. Yeah. But no, I don't think so. But this was the version where they would actually act like they were at the arena, even though it was a green screen. Right. Much like Superstars. That that that's yeah. not unique at this point. But it wasn't a recap show yet. That's the whole thrust here, is this mm-hmm. was actually like, it was like watching Superstars or Challenge. Now, in September of 95 is when it became the glass right. table here's the thing. that you love. Here's, here's the thing about 1995 it. in general, Yeah, is that even the shows that aren't recap shows, they feel like <laughs> recap shows because nothing is happening in yeah. the World Federation right now. And that's the era that we're in. So this is going to be April 16th, 95, to set the, the landscape for you, just mm-hmm. of what was going on right now. This is a couple of weeks after WrestleMania 11, ugh, where Diesel, hot champion, right. everyone loved his reign, defeated Shawn Michaels after taking the worst jackknife of all time. <laughs> Pamela Anderson was with Diesel because Even reasons. that's not what they said. Right. Bam Bam Bigelow lost to Lawrence Taylor, so DiBiase's all bitchy with them. Right. So we have that going on. Bret Hart had his horrible match against Bob Backlund at WrestleMania what 11. A, what a classic. And we are gearing up for a brand new pay-per-view next month called yeah. In Your House. On the uh, Bret Hart note, I just wanted to say this. I don't know, because I know you watched that interview with him recently where he was like, oh, I'm Bret Hart or whatever. But um, Broken Skull. He even like said on that, he was like, I think that was my worst match it's ever horrible. or something. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, he, it's like, bad. He admitted it in 2020. Yeah, we had a really bad match at <laughs> WrestleMania or whatever. It's like, terrible. Yeah. What do you say? And then it's like that. He was like, that's why he was like apprehensive about something or something with Sean at WrestleMania. He was apprehensive with doing a submission match with Austin. That's what it of, was because of yeah. the side quit match. <laughs> but that's the period of time we're in. It's not a fondly remembered time, but let's just see how good or bad it really is here. It is WWF Action Zone, April the 16th, 1995. Now, first of all, the preview image on my like Plex or whatever is Ted DiBiase in the <laughs> shitty million dollar corp get up. So, like, I'm automatically like, fuck this show. Like, I don't want to watch it. Now, is it like his windbreaker get up? No, it's just like, you know, the suit, but without the tie, the like white oh, high collar shirt. So stupid during I, that period I, of time. He looks like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Literally, Joe, like, I turn this on. I forgot to watch this the night before, so I had to watch it like two minutes before we like did the show or whatever. <laughs> and like, I didn't want to watch it just because I saw that picture at the beginning. Maybe it'll get better, Quinn. Hopefully. We open with Todd Pettengill narrating a recap of last week's Razor Ramon versus Tatanka match. Tatanka had tossed <sighs> Razor to the outside, where King Kong Bundy then fatted his way down to attack Razor while Tatanka was distracting Timmy White. It was just last week here on the Action Zone, the bad guy Razor Ramon squaring off with the Native American Tatanka. 
this notably looks like it's in a three thousand seat mall food court and uh, just so much shit. You can see it's, people buying pretzels in the back. It's just so bad. And and Tatanka. Like, you know, I'm half expecting like Lex Luger to get involved or something. Like, you know what I was I, too. I was like, when's Lex Luger gonna run out? Like when is in and fucking Chief J and all this? That like, feud is always looming yeah, during this period of time. You really, never know. It could happen. It could. Uh, but instead the one, two, three kid comes out and takes down Bundy with one doofy looking kick. And then we get a very nineteen ninety five intro here with like techno music. It's so techno for reasons, yeah. Jennifer Lopez is gonna like waiting for tonight or something. I don't know. Like it just—it feels like that. It's you know? not good. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, we're at ringside where the one, two, three kid enters. Wait, this isn't Todd and Doc being annoying. <laughs> All okay. Like you know, like at first, like I was this point in the show because we didn't we of explained course. it to you, but like at this point in the show, I'm like I'm waiting for like dance, 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 like yeah. all that, like and, and like just it's like well, hey, welcome to the zone, fuckers, like you know, like it's like you're in for some torture for an hour, like you know all that shit. We're gonna talk about all the latest happenings in the WWF. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's Todd and Gorilla Monsoon. Yes. And this is the only time that these two ever were a commentary team. I think this was, like, absolutely necessary if we were to ever revisit the zone. Because I cannot, I just, Joe, I can't anymore with these two. Now, why is it Gorilla? Well, we'll get into why, but he was replacing JR. Yeah. But here's the thing. JR replaced Vince because you know the Vince McMahonism of, oh, the show's good. No, fuck it. After, like, four weeks. After four weeks, (laughs) he's like, I gotta go worry about Raw again. You know? It's like, always. Like, always. Why does he always do this? It's like, we're premiering. This is the best show to fucking ever happen. Yeah. Uh, we never heard of this, like, four weeks later. It's yeah. like... I don't watch that. Oh, yeah. M- make sure you watch that. I don't... What's the name of it, King? Oh, I think it's the Action Zone. You know, like that. So as we go to the ring, Gorilla acts like he has an actual rabbit with him. He's like, don't touch my rabbit! It's amazing that Todd immediately pisses off Gorilla in, like, four seconds. So like, immediately. Gorilla's like, yeah, get out of here! Like, you suck! <laughs> In the ring is kid's opponent, Barry Horowitz. Uh, Mike Kyoto will be our referee here. We get a handshake to start. As Gorilla says, he's waited a long time for Jim Ross to step aside so he can be on the action zone. He, he wanted to watch this shit? Like, <laughs> seriously? Who wants to be on the action zone? Now, this is the man that called WrestleMania 3, but obviously his <laughs> career highlight the action zone. He's been waiting. He said he's been waiting, right? It's like all these years, it's like, I hope they make a show called The Action Zone that I could be on with Todd Pettengale <laughs> in like some fucking mall somewhere. Like, you know, like at like 11 in the morning. Yeah, that's when it is. 12. Yeah. Uh, go behind by Horowitz, reverse by Kid, take down Kip up by the Kid, handshake again, lock up, side headlock by Kid, and a leg trip by Horowitz. Meanwhile, Gorilla tells Todd not to steal his chocolate egg. <laughs> and this is like a theme that is like on Easter or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's Easter they, weekend, they I think. talking about the Easter bunny and chocolates and eggs and it's candy real. and stuff. He keeps going on about it. Uh, by the way, about Barry Horowitz here, just for the record, this is about two months before Barry Horowitz would defeat Skip. Oh, so okay. I think they're starting to put him on TV a lot more during is, this is time. Is Barry Horowitz heel still no. somehow? Because he looks it. No, like, he he's still neutral. Looks, like, greasy or something. No, because like, remember, he's shaking hands with the kid. I know, but he's not as, like, dorky. Well, he, he's not dorky he, until later. Yeah, yeah, that's all. But this is around that time. And a note real quick, too, on 95 Gorilla. 
as we've mentioned countless times, folks, about Gorilla Monsoon, mm-hmm. once Joey passed away, unfortunately, in the summer of 94, anytime Gorilla's on TV, he's just like, I love this company, but I don't like anything going on. That's kind of like the, right. the feel I get from him. Like, I yeah. love Vince McMahon. I love doing this. Well, until he becomes president, and then he's like, That's everyone different. shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. like, get the hell out of here. But with, but with him on commentary in 95, yeah. he just does not care. Right. He exactly. never not- cares and this is that uh circle lock up side headlock by horowitz push off on a nice shoulder block by barry there leapfrog by the kid into a hip toss get a one two three chant breaking out now as barry horowitz clamps on a side headlock kid leverages uh horowitz to the outside barry tries to slingshot sunset flip himself in but the kid moves right out of the way and then we get a side headlock by the kid reversed into a back suplay as todd now compares the one two three kids fluffy hair to marcia clark Mr. 90s, the Todd store over here. Like, you knew, like, <sighs> there would be a reference, right? Do we really need to make that reference even in 1995? I mean, if it, if it wasn't this, it would have been, like, Ace of Base or, like, <laughs> some, you know, something of 1995. Hootie and the Blowfish, right, perhaps. Exactly. One of those like, things. It would have been something. Marsha Clark, obviously, folks, the lead prosecutor in the O.J. Simpson trial, in case you were wondering. And actually, it was, like, it, retroactively, it was actually really distasteful to like make fun of her looks. Like it, it, she, she had like problem with it. Like if you look into this, her hair also didn't look like that at all. So it's just not even a funny joke. Well, it, remember when she got the curly? Thing? No, yeah, no, she had it for a brief period. What? Yeah, it's it's covered in the um the People versus OJ Simpson. Like you mean her hair is covered in that. Thing? Yes, because it was like a whole thing. It like it really. She basically everyone hated her hair, so she came one week with the curly thing. And then she got rid of it. Like, it lasted, like, a week because it was, like, so poor. Is this real? Yes. She talks about it also in another documentary. What? Basically, like, somebody told her that the press hated her hair. And so she got a haircut before the the, the following week part of the trial so that she could, like, impress. And everyone, like, made fun of her. And it, like, messed with her psyche, like, really bad in, like, real life in the background. This hairstyle, when she straightened her curly hair, got better reviews. Yeah, it's all real. <sighs> Bridging back suplexa by Horowitz gets two here. This match is okay, by the way. It really isn't yeah. bad. Uh, Irish whip dug under by the kid, and Gorilla's like, he wanted to hit my grandma! <laughs> Quick roundhouse. Gorilla's ridiculous thing, this whole thing. <laughs> he wanted to hit my grandma! Oh, there it is! Quick roundhouse kick by the kid gets the win. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? Yeah, it's a decent squash, yeah. surprisingly. Honestly, Todd now throws us to Ray Rougeau at ringside. Oh, come on! <laughs> like, I... There's so many, like, ancillary stupid people on this show. So he wanders up to the kid and he's like, last week you embarrassed King Kong Bundy. And it's just so funny hearing the kid talk to and not saying suck it because he sounds like yeah. X-Pac, obviously. He's just like, he's just like nice or something. Yeah, but he's nice. Yeah. I, I beat him or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we then see Todd and Gorilla at the table now. Yeah, clearly in front of a green screen. Absolutely. I love that the effort they put in, though, with like the whole table in front of the green screen. It's just weird that they like spent the time, right? Yeah. Like, Because yeah. later on you know when it's like Kevin Kelly like in the Attitude Era like just I don't know Shotgun Saturday Night or whatever they never show them I know <laughs> unless it's that yeah. weird like Raw where they're at that bizarre angle like you know what I'm Wait, talking about which one the one in Germany or it's something it's the one on like Christmas like oh so- yeah <laughs> with the green screen where they're like in the ceiling the, the angle behind them is like facing like up you like, can see the ceiling yeah it's it's really weird they're like all squeezed like, into J- the frame JR and Cornette and like and Cole. Cole yeah <laughs> Christmas, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> December 97, you're right. Yeah. December but that's the only other time where they did this green screen shit. Like, <laughs> like, I just thought it was weird that like up to like 96, they had this like, why do they need to be seen there? <laughs> At a table. Yeah. Just do the stand up in front of the
of the normal screen if you're going to do anything. You I don't, know, yeah, I, or nothing. I just found always found this bizarre. It That's is all. bizarre. Todd's mullet, by the way, is ridiculous. <laughs> it's during that era where it's like way too long. When does he? He gets it short, like pretty quick in the '95. If I recall, yeah, like in the summer or even, something like maybe that. Even by in your house, I'm not sure. Like it's just. Like, uh, I think it's still mullety by the, in your it's house. Sh- <laughs> it's like the oh. short, like slick back, like where he looks like Dean Kane from <laughs> Superman. Why does Dean Kane come up so much on this show? <laughs> anytime it's like mid nineties, like I, he's like one of the notables. Like I used to watch that show every Sunday. I remember like before I went to bed or something. It was like, America's Funniest Home Videos, and then that. Yeah, that's what was, was like, on. It was the show that you always remember because it was the last thing you got to watch before you had to like go to bed for school, right. like, like Monday morning. Remember school? Yeah, and it's like Dean Kane fucking around with Lois like for like an hour. And then you're like, okay, Quinn, you got to go to bed. That's like, what your mom called you? Yeah, she called my last name, exactly. <laughs> we now see clips from two weeks ago where Alunder Blaze had won the women's title on Raw from Bull Nakano, even though they had not wrestled since like November when they lost it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Remember the women's division? Because no one else did yeah, in 95. I only remembered it because it was weird when it was on. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, like, There's women's matches on wrestling? Yeah, because Bull had won it like in the Egg Dome or Tokyo Dome or the one of those domes. Dome. Egg Dome's real. I know it's real. She had won it from Alondra like right before Survivor yeah. Series and then nothing you know until this match. What's weird about the Egg Dome? Isn't it literally the isn't that the big fucking arena? The same one for they use for Wrestle Kingdom? Yes. It's, it's not the one even, that, it's just Egg Dome's like its nickname or something. It's the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Yes, it it's is the Tokyo Dome. Tokyo Egg Dome. The Tokyo Egg. Monster Ripper then, that version of Bertha Faye, attacked mm-hmm. Blaze after the match, beat the crap out of her, broke her nose, and then we see <laughs> pictures of, of Alundra with her nose thing on, you know, recovering with her mom. Yeah, who cares? And why is she in, like, a dollhouse <laughs> bed? What is that bed? It's, like, it's all, like, flowery and puffy. Like, and, and I don't know, she's in, like, a fucking white sweatshirt with a nasally thing on. This whole thing, it's, like, you know, honestly, fans, I don't know if you know, but she really just had regular nose surgery, because, yes. I don't know, King made fun of her too much at WrestleMania 10, and, like, like, cause there's nothing that would lead you to believe that, like, Bertha Biker broke her nose. She just, like, slammed her or yeah, something. I know. Like, so I don't get what that is. So, but they make the excuse that she's getting nose yep. done or yeah, whatever. Yeah, nose done. Yeah, those actually probably are real pictures because, like you said, she had a nose job in real life at this period of time. Right. But Gorilla's not really that nice about it. Yeah, Gorilla's all, she's ugly now because of the smelling. <laughs> yeah, like, what? like, it's like, dude, like, this shit would never work today. No. Like, if Becky Lynch had to get, like, a nose surgery or something, like, you think they would show her nose swelled up and say, oh, that's bad because she's a girl, basically? King would. Yeah, King would. King would. But what I'm saying is, like, they would never do that no. nowadays. Like, you wouldn't make fun of a woman's beauty because no surgery. King would. Yeah. We go to break down, come back with men on a mission coming out, but this is the ultra weird in-between period. Yeah, very weird. This, so, this was very strange to me, Joe. So they're heels here, but it's before King of the Ring, so they still have the regular music, but right. Mabel himself is on the mic. Not Mo, which I thought was weird. Mabel was usually the backup mic guy. He was oh, like the God. second in command. Yeah, I always thought it was Mo for some reason. Not Mo. Mo doesn't do anything. Mo's good. He's okay. Don't, don't I'm sorry. Mo. I'm sorry. Uh, we see a clip of a few weeks ago where uh, M and M attacked O right. after losing to the guns. Aww. That was it for Oscar. No more Oscar. Go second, back to being a wedding singer. Second worst manager ever or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he can go back to being a wedding singer or whatever you said he was. He's a DJ or MC or something. An MC. Right. Definitely. So anyway, as I've noted before, 
Mabel's a better rapper than Oscar. <laughs> he sounds better Don't than him. Don't Oscar. Oscar sucks. His only function was to do that. And he didn't do it well. Hey. Gorilla's all like, what kind of a mission are they on? What kind of mission are they on? <laughs> well, I don't know anymore. They don't got Oscar. I know. And they're they're just men mission. There's no on anymore. They should just flip. They should just switch sides and be mission men. Mission men. There See, you there go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, promotional consideration is paid for by. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, Lord's <laughs> voice just floating in from 1988 over here. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they still used it. I mean, he was still there, I think, until it's the just summer. It's crazy <laughs> that it's the same soundbite from like literally like superstars. Yep. From like. I'm talking the 80s. Yeah, they're still literally using that same Lord Alfred soundbite here in April 95. And here's what we got. Warlock for Super Nintendo and Genesis. Stargate for Super Nintendo and Genesis. Spider-Man for Super Nintendo and Genesis. Enough game ads there. That (laughs) was ridiculous. That's all it is. Three in a row. There's no Castrol GTX or anything like that. There's no AutoZone. And trust me, folks, I was waiting to make motor oil jokes. (laughs) This whole, like, you know, Action Zone, AutoZone stuff. And they didn't give me the opportunity, which pissed me off because I was like... Castrol GTX, like that is like to me the prime sponsor of this era. Oh, it like, is. They, they are all over the place. They, the green can, like that, all, all that shit. They are the reason why I know what that is. Yeah. Dead serious. WF. That's how yeah. I know. WWF is the reason why I know what Castrol GTX is. Like, honestly, I remember when I first got a car and I pretty much knew every motor oil when I first got my first oil change right. because of wrestling. See? See? So yeah. good things come of wrestling, yeah. folks. Don't let, don't let the parents tell you differently. I sound like yeah. Pete Winston there. I don't know. You got to get the silver package or whatever. Don't let the parents tell you differently. Mm-hmm. We're back now where most starts with John Sadowski. Yeah, he's going to win. Uh, Gorilla's like, keep talking, Todd. You didn't even give me a chance to finish my egg here. <laughs> John Sadowski here. Keep talking, Todd. You didn't even give me a chance to finish my egg here. Still with the egg. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> that Gorilla notes how Mo has bulked up as he clamps on a full Nelson. Unfortunately, no mention of the fingers. Was, which was Fingers! Like, I was, like, waiting. Maybe it was put on properly, so Gorilla didn't have to say anything. The problem is, I think he was in the middle of a fat joke about Mo, (laughs) so he couldn't just yell fingers. The the full Nelson lasted, like, two seconds. It's true. You know he was, like, just saying he was fat. Yeah, he was. Hey, bucked up, fat fuck. Uh, Tim White is a referee, by the way. And Todd has a very true-to-life statement here. He says... It's been such a disappointment to watch men on a mission. I, you know, it was so <laughs> frank and like so genuine that I literally was like, "Yeah, it is." It like, is. You're right, Todd. Yeah, <laughs> they suck. <laughs> Press slam by Mo. Gorilla mentions the external occipital protuberance. You just uh, got to get that one in there. And Todd's like, "Do you have one or two of those?" Huh? Um, <laughs> There's another funny reference. There's a bunch of shit in this actually. So go on. Mabel tags in and lands an awesome pile driver. Not being facetious, it was really good. Now Charlie Hunter, I guess, is apparently the other guy, and he runs in immediately, gets backdropped, <laughs> clothesline by Mabel. Hunter struggles up to the corner, gets avalanche. Girl is like, ah, oh, Pancake City, get the syrup. Pancake City in the corner, get the syrup on. I could not, Joe, I had to pause it, and I was, like, laughing. Like, I was just like, that is so fucking dumb. That is the most, like, gorilla shit ever. Pancakes. Pan- oh, pancakes. Like, you know, like, he was just, like, whatever came to his head. Yep. Like, he doesn't care. Because he usually does the city thing. Like, yeah, it was suplex just, city. It's just weird that, like, he didn't, that pancake city. Now, I have a question he, for you. Sorry. I have another question for you after. Oh, you so go you, first. No, you go first. Do you think it's because they're fat that he said pancakes? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. That's a good one. Uh, do you think Brock Lesnar, is it a coincidence? Oh, if it's, like, connected to Gorilla. Or do you think he somehow heard that from Gorilla saying I, it? I doubt. You think it's highly unlikely? He, okay, so this is why I don't think 
Brock knows about any of this gorilla shit. He doesn't like wrestling. Well, it's not even that. It's like in Brock's free time, he doesn't really watch wrestling. He usually like chops wood or something. Right. This is like admitted by him. Yeah, he doesn't like, care. He doesn't like very watch strange old life. wrestling tapes. No. Like he's just like, hey, Sable, I'm going to like chop wood outside Ace. all day. <laughs> Like, all day. The only losers watch old wrestling tapes. Exactly. So back to the action zone here. Another corner charge and some choking by Mabel, and a big, fat belly-to-belly gets the win. Neat. <laughs> like, nobody cares. Like, now, seriously. Know, nobody cares. Now, Gorilla and Todd now have some more hideous banter here about some hot dog eating contest as we see a replay. It sucks. What were they it's going just, for? I don't, I, I don't even... They're just... They're talking, Joe. As this goes on, there's so much shit they just, like throw in there like yeah. it has nothing to do with anything it's like us watching 83 i had to pause so much during this to do this because they just kept jumping all over the place yeah i'm not too uh fond of mr hunter got too much hair for me. you gotta get to know him oh todd now throws us to ray rougeau and gorilla's like what again yeah even gorilla is all tired of him he's like why is he here like gorilla's like i don't why what i don't want to hear from him understand ray rougeau is standing by again let's go back down to ringside so Ray wanders over to, the, to Mabel and Mo, and he's like, Hi, how are you? Do you like the smoking guns? And Mabel's like, Yo, who gives a shit? We're doing better shit than that, and shoves the camera. Yeah, Gorilla gets all fucking pissed about this, yeah, by the way. he does. Uh, we get a quick bumper free in your house on the 14th, and back to Gorilla and Todd, where, like you said, Gorilla is so pissed. He pushed the cameraman, yeah, you he's know? He's so huffy. Yeah. Like, he, it, it's kind of great, actually. Like, oh, he, there's all these problems. All <laughs> yeah. these, like, he's like, fuck this guy. Like, you know, like, Gorilla is so mad. Gorilla is awesome on this. He is very entertaining yeah, on this one. because he's just like, he hates everything, but, like, in an entertaining way. Yeah. It's not like a, like, disgruntled, like, no. I don't want to be doing this kind of way. He, you can tell he loves doing doing it yeah he does it's like kind of like an escape for him yeah probably you know? yeah in all seriousness it's like talk about this crap right and did you catch this when we do some revisionist history here now todd and gorilla saying that the only reason that the smoking guns lost yeah. to yoko and owen at wrestlemania is because men on a mission beat him up like two weeks earlier okay so something about this bothered me because he says that oh we showed you the footage at wrestlemania of the guns getting beat up before the match, like, on, like, I don't know, Challenge or some shit. Action Zone. Whatever, was, Action Zone. It was this, yeah. Yeah, but, like, did, first of all, did they show that footage at WrestleMania 11? Because... Oh, I don't remember. I don't I think don't, so. I don't remember any of that. And second of all, did this even happen? Did he just make this no, up? No, that happened. Okay. I mean, what happened was when they beat up Mo. I mean, right. sorry, when they beat up Oscar, they also beat the shit out of the guns afterwards. Okay. It was a face-versus-face match, and that's how they turned heel. But this is why they lost the tag titles, because they were, like, I don't know, like, slightly hurt. I don't like that retcon. That yeah. takes a lot of credit away from Yoko and Owen. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was that it was a surprise because, like, nobody was expecting Yokozuna, right? Exactly. Like, that, but isn't that good enough reason? Instead, they're retconning it that, oh, they were men on a, a mission, little. like... I don't know, like, sat on them, like, a week ago. Yeah, like two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks before this or something. The hell? Stupid. So Todd now talks more about In Your House, which is going to be in Syracuse, so it's a good thing Shawn Michaels won't be wrestling at well, this one. You know what happens to him man. there. He's doing other things right now. The main event will, of course, be the WWF champion Diesel taking on Sid. Yep, and it's at the ON Center, which sounds like a total <laughs> dump, by the way. O'Reilly Network Center. I'm just, I don't know what that means. I don't know. Network. But we get a very rare mention of Jack Tunney this late in the game. Yeah, but Gorilla literally says President Jack, and he <laughs> keeps saying it the whole it's show. It's true. He doesn't say Tunney, right? President Jack! President Jack! <laughs> Went right to the office of President Jack. And of course, don't forget, Quinn, 
you can win a house at in your house and girls like it's got an in-ground pool and everything yeah that's like a my dad comment honestly like that michael that, like just i just mean like and i'm pretty sure like all our dads do this where you like the one thing and he keeps like mentioning it's it. good gas mileage yeah like, exactly. that type of thing yeah. i gotcha todd pettingle warns us that when we come back jeff jarrett's gonna be here mm-hmm. so we're back and sure enough double j struts his way out with the roadie no dimes, Mr. No Dimes. Seven people care. Yeah, honestly. It's so shitty. I actually sometimes forget that he even was the Intercontinental Champion. I forget that he works here a lot. <laughs> He's taking on Scott Taylor, you know, the guy that got much more over than his own opponent here by doing a worm and dancing with a fat guy. It's true. Like, Scotty Tuhati was a bigger deal in the WF. It's real! I don't understand. We're not lying. It's real. He was more over. Uh, Todd and Gorilla <laughs> talk about the big, hot... Jeff Jarrett versus Aldo Mantoya feud. <laughs> what is this? Why do they care so much about this? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, it's just like a shitty, like, you know, he's going to fight him on Superstars thing. <laughs> it's like, all it, it makes such a big deal about it. I can't do that against Aldo Mantoya. You can do anything against Aldo Mantoya. He's a fucking loser. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I could, like, throw a banana peel on the ground and Aldo would slip on it and I could get the pin. Like, you might be able to. His face looks like a banana peel. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just a weird thing to, like, care about. Well, you gotta have something. It's 1995. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla mentions that Razor Ramon wants to three-peat as Intercontinental Champion as Todd bitches about. This is funny. Todd's <laughs> funny here. He's bitching about how Jared takes forever to start a match, and he's like, they say he has an album out. I've never heard it. They say he's got a video out. Where is it? You know what? This is such a spectacle. Why can't we just get to the action? He's got to go through this with the hat and the glasses, the roadies all over the place. Let's just get to it. I agree. He's disgusting. Enough already. He's a big showman. They say he got an album out. I never heard it. Somebody said he's supposed to have a video. Where is it? I agree with all of this. Like, all of it. Just his big rant against Jarrett. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. Sucker punch by Jarrett to start cross-corner whip, but he misses a charge. Taylor fires away with his dumb singlet on. He goes for an O'Connor roll. Jarrett drops down. Leapfrog by Taylor. Head down in the swinging neck breaker by Double J. Todd and Gorilla now joke that Jeff and Jerry Jarrett ride around in a motorcycle on a sidecar. What is he even talking about? Like, what? Do they fucking doink? Like, I don't understand what that comment is. Why are we talking about Jerry Jarrett? I, I don't know. Boston Crab by Jarrett Rody with an assist. Gorilla then bitches about Tim White, and he says he's going to have a chat later with Jack and his Jack. Si- and his sidekick, <laughs> Billy Red Lions. I love that he mentions him. And Gorilla is in such a pissy mood, and it's great. He just, like, the way he says Billy Jack... <laughs> Or Billy Red Lions, whatever. Yeah. He like fucking like just mus- and Billy Red Lions. Like, 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 fuck him. Like, you know, like he is like seriously just like why does he have a problem with that? I don't like, know. He just, what did he ever do to anyone? Billy He's a nice man. Yeah, yeah. Don't you dare miss it, fans. Uh, anyway, rope attack by Jarrett, then some strutting, then he does a snap suplexa. He calls it a snap job. <laughs> Gorilla. Oh, snap job! Like, I'm like, how? How does he, like, just convert into that? Like, after the whole, like, Billy Red Lions shit and everything. <laughs> Atomic Drop now clothesline tosses Taylor over the ropes, but he lands on the apron, heads up top, and Taylor misses a crossbody. Please end this. Like, this is going on too long. (laughs) Well, thankfully, Jarrett clamps on the figure four, you know, despite not working the leg at all in this entire match. Your winner, Double J. Gorilla and Todd, by the way, 
Mm-hmm. have been bitching this whole match about a double J sign in the crowd. Gorilla insists that Jerry Jarrett is holding it. <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole time he's like, oh, it's his dad! Yeah, oh, like, his dad's holding it! He says it, like, it. six times. Will like, you put that sign down? Like, he's so oh, look, mad. I can see his dad in the corner! <laughs> it's like, real. It's like, he won't stop. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, there's that sign again! Hey, look, I think that's his dad holding it! It was done in crayon, you know! I am so sick of seeing that sign! Now... Stephanie Wyand narrates. <laughs> why? why? <laughs> Stephanie Wyand narrating something seriously seems like insane to me, by the way. It's like your mom being like, oh, and little Billy next week is going to um, go to the soccer game. We're going to get juicy juice. You want one can or two cans? Yeah, exactly. Stephanie Wyand narrates a package for the Blue Brothers versus the new head shrinkers what? with Captain Lou. Oh, Sioni and all the- <laughs> God. Just stop! Like, just like, no! Like, they shouldn't have. I, you know what? I literally, instinctively, I think I wrote in my notes, "Oh, Samu or whatever," but he's not there, is he? No, he's gone. Well, he fuck. M- he like, might be somewhere. Yeah, it's Samu. He's always lurking. But yes, it's a uh, barbarian and Fatu. I heard Samu's still in WF to this day. Yeah, I think he is. Like, he's in the background, and uh-huh. like, he's going to be in the empty arena this year at WrestleMania. Good. I hope like so. In the, in the rafters, you can't see. He's not on camera. Right. You know? Of course. No. Yeah. Can't be on camera. Uh, but next, that'll be next week on the Zone. And now we throw to Bob Backlund on spring break in Fort Lauderdale because funny. Yeah, uh, you, you know the jokes that are going to like ensue here. I mean, Bob Backlund on spring break. Ha, really. ha, yeah. Ha. yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, stereotypical Beach Boys-esque music, which was actually used for the Rumble 95, they I think. They probably were filming shit for the Rumble. Those ah, sand scenes or whatever. Maybe. Like, so, you remember, oh, it's in Orlando or whatever Tampa. it was. Yeah, Tampa. But do you think maybe it's not really Fort Lauderdale and they just filmed this while they were down there? They probably, that's money. how they got those like B shots, like the, the B roll. B roll of like just sand and beaches. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Backlund, of course, is in a full suit with sunscreen on his nose. You know, humor. He misuses words as usual. <laughs> this was funny, though. The camera guy keeps panning over to the ladies and Backlund yeah. keeps hitting the camera back. Something about the Clinton administration. He had to throw that in there. Vince doesn't like Clinton, you yeah. know, so haha. He rambles on about knowledge, chemical reactions before something about a dictionary. I don't know. I have no idea I what he's saying. It's like, not good. It, it's just blah, 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 blah. Bob Backlund, funny, funny suit. Suntan lotion. Contract juxtaposition. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. How is this guy the WF champion like four months ago or whatever? Because he was a crazy old man, but this, yeah. this, they were like, oh, let's make him a cartoon now. It's just so weird. Just like the rapid, like WF champion, then fucking loser. Yep. Like literally. Never wrestles. Literally. We now cut to a WWF sponsored PSA where a girl reads a hypothetical letter from a dead person that took drugs, and then the Undertaker suddenly appears behind her to say, There's no hope. With dope. That was bleak. Like, (laughs) what the hell? He, like, teleported to, like, literally. Like, I always joke that people, like, teleport on wrestling or whatever because of clipping and stuff. Right. But, like, he literally, like, materializes (laughs) next to this girl reading a letter about her, like, brother who died or something. Yeah, something like that. And, like, he's like, there's no hope with dope. Dong. And, like, it's like, don't you fucking do it. Don't you do the drugs? And then it just ends. Like, and it just just ends. No mention of it. Nope. Like, they don't even, like, girls not like, oh, don't do the dope. Or, like, Todd's like, you know, that was a good message. Or, you know, like how they usually are. It's like, we're better than MLB. Or, you know, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like, after, like, they do the PSA, right, they yeah, usually, yeah. like, brag about how good how it good is. How good they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't even do that. Don't be puffing on that weed. Yeah, exactly. It was just odd that it just aired, and then that was it. And that was it. Very nice. Back to ringside now where DiBiase's music hits, so you know this is going to suck no matter who it is, no matter who comes out with... Oh, good, it's comma. 
<sighs> Gorilla, of course, all annoyed. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to watch this. Kama's taking on John Crystal. Yeah, and he's like 4'2". <laughs> like, he's so short, this guy. Like, he makes Kama look like Andre the Giant. Like, this guy is so tiny. True. Uh, DiBiase has a regular suit on, at least. Not the windbreaker. Billy Silverman is the ref. Yeah, he's always the ref. <laughs> because, of course. <laughs> yeah. We're just, we're really devolving here as the show goes on. I mean, it's a, it's, it's an action zone. So it's like, this is the kind of shit that happens. There's like garbage time on action zone usually. <laughs> it's like, true. it's just weird stuff. Billy Silverman. Yeah. Uh, Fireman's carried by Kama. Circle lockup. Go behind that crystal. Escape by Kama. Todd now talks about how Kama stole the urn from the Undertaker. And Gorilla's like wondering what Paul Bauer's going to do if he has to go out and buy another urn, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Kama rams crystal into the post as Todd calls him Billy Crystal's brother, Quinn. Gorilla just sells it like it's true. <laughs> oh, he is? Oh, oh, I didn't know. Oh, that <laughs> Billy Crystal, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> oh, Harry did meet Sally. That's Billy's brother, you know. It is. Billy Crystal's brother. I didn't know that. Yeah, little See, brother. that's why I like working with you, Todd. Oh. You know all that good stuff. Gorilla's, like, in full Phil Rizzuto mode, meaning, like, he's just joking around, doesn't really Nothing care what's matter. going on. Yeah. Get, with its action zone, like, <laughs> yeah, to be exactly. fair. Hey, that's Omar Marino in center field. That's right. Somebody's got to play out there. <laughs> All right, let's see. I better check that outfield. Griffey, Marino, and Pasqua. Where's Winfield? DHing. I should have checked this lineup. Because, yeah, you know, there's so, no, but there were so many distractions. <laughs> Kama continues to literally do nothing with some kind of horrible suplex or Kama something. Kama is barely doing shit. Like, he is just... I don't even know. Like, he's walking just, around. He's just, like, walking around, like, massaging Billy Crystal. I don't... Like, I fucking don't know what's happening. Like, <laughs> just nothing. Like, he's just nothing. Marvelous. Yeah. Todd says that when we come back, we're gonna see Harry... Does he even win? Yeah, he won with the suplex. Todd says <laughs> when we... <laughs> That's a, you know what that Kama says. Wins. That's that says all you need to know is Joe just didn't even like note that he did anything. Yeah. He just comma wins. That's comma it. won. Todd says when we come back, we're gonna see Harry and Leona Helmsley's little boy, Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Now, that made me actually wonder: is that fucking canon that no. Triple H is like the Helms? Because no, actually, no, no. like to be fair, if Triple H is like so evil or whatever, it kind of makes it's sense not, that his not. parents it's are not. like tax cheapskates or whatever they were. I'm sure it's a Hunter because that sounds like a pretentious name. Hurst because of Patty Hurst and Helmsley because of them. The Leona Helmsley. Yes. Yeah. But Gorilla has the line of the night. After Todd says Hunter Hurst Helmsley, Gorilla's like, who? <laughs> Harry and Leona Helmsley's little boy, Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Who? Only Gorilla would like who him. Who? Yeah. He hooed a guy on his own roster. Like, you know, well, he hooed a fucking guy that would eventually become, like, yeah. I don't know, like, essentially the owner. Yeah. Like, the, the uh. in, in practice or whatever. Yeah, in practice, anyway. Promotional consideration is now paid for by Mega Man X2. Because uh, why not? Another video game, right? Lord Hayes narrates that yeah. one. It's good. Yeah. Play Mega Man! Yeah. <laughs> strip Stripe Mega Man or whatever. Like, Fruit Stripe. Yeah. Not Strip Stripe. Whatever. Why would you to, think it was strip okay, stripe? You want to know why, Joe? Because I, when I was a kid, right, yeah. I swear to you yeah. that there was fruit stripe and there was also strip stripe, and it was no like strip stripe. it was just pink and white stripes. Whereas the fruit stripe was the fruit like version of it. It's like, the bubble gum version and the fruit version, but yes, they're both called fruit stripe. But I think strip stripe's the bubble gum. There's version. no strip stripe. It's pink. It's not. What it's, it's a called to denote bubble gum. Obviously, pink is always the bubble gum. Right. This is color. true. Mm-hmm. But the strip stripe or the fruit stripe, <laughs> the fruit stripe was the fruity version. It's like the Wrigley's like 
big red or whatever of that brand. That was the cinnamon. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Good flavor. Those gum, those Wrigley gums, like get after like eight chews. <laughs> yeah, they're like they don't last at all. Chewing on a piece of rubber at that point. Why do you have to advertise gum? It's like one of those things that's like literally the cheapest fucking thing you can get. It's like at the newsstand. It's like and it's like on the side and it's practically like the give a penny take a penny like <laughs> thing that they have. You know what I mean, right? It's like it's just there. It's like you're like, do they even charge for this? You can it's look like, under it's your like, couch and get like enough money. It's complimentary. It's like it's kind of like the main when you leave like a Chinese restaurant and they're just like at the door like no one's paying for that <laughs> that's all uh, also gravity cologne for men it's a great strong force or something like that sure uh, back to Kama now where Tibiasi and Kama are still in the ring Gorilla's all like oh he's a windbag like, like Tibiasi is like 700 years old or something yeah windbag he's another guy that as a kid I thought like oh he's gotta be like 57 years old or something he's like 40 here yeah, or something he's not even old Tibiasi brags about Kama being Good. No, <laughs> just no. We get an LT chant of all things. Well, they remember this is probably before WrestleMania somehow. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right? It probably yeah, is. Because no one would remember that like afterwards. Dibiase <laughs> uh, then brings down all of his corporation one by one. So first we get Tatanka. Now we get King Kong Bundy. Then we get IRS. Now I don't know if you noticed this, but this is a very rare occasion. IRS is not wearing suspenders. Oh. That's interesting. Very and DBS notably is like my former tag partner, like all proud of him. Just so that when Bam Bam comes out next, he's like, and the worst piece of shit <laughs> yeah, ever yeah. Who, who embarrassed us and is a loser, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, Bam Bam does not look happy, it's obviously. It's funny that he insults him and Bam Bam just like, ugh. Yeah. Just like he doesn't even like attempt to like, I fuck you or No, whatever. he's just like sad. Yeah, he's just like standing in the corner like a loser. <laughs> yep. And this is the big bombshell here. The newest member of the corporation. Psychosit. Again, revealing this on Action Zone. <laughs> like, like, what? Like, yeah, I didn't remember that happening. I can't believe that they would have to show on Ross, like, oh, on the Action Zone, Sid's part of this now, and that's why you should care about in your house or whatever. <laughs> Big Daddy's going to fight him. Ugh, Big Daddy, yeah. yeah. Well, there goes the rest of Sid's year joining up with this bunch Ugh. of shitheads here. Might as well went and played softball now. <laughs> that, this literally fucked over his 95. It's just a waste of time. <laughs> it is! Like, it's like, he does this. It's funny because when he escapes like the clutches of the Million Dollar Corporation, he becomes good. <laughs> he's like, right? Yeah. Like at 96 and 7, he's amazing. Yeah, he's like really entertaining, actually. <laughs> and it's not like he became a better wrestler or anything. He's just not doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's what it is. Because anything the corporation touches, it turns to crap. God, it's a heat sink. <laughs> yeah. It seriously is. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. Bam Bam doesn't seem impressed. Neither does anyone watching. Literally no one cares. <laughs> like, they're just LTing it up, like, yeah. the whole time. Yeah, they're like, fine, Sid's here. Who yeah. gives a shit? LT. Yeah. Come on, come on, Bundy. Now hoist Sid you for know no that's reason. Just so they can have the weird, like, black and white, like, 20 frames per second clips, and they're like, this happened, and, like, they're, like right before the In Your House match or whatever. Yeah, pretty You know much. what I mean? Those, I those weird clips are like, it's like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. It's like, Sid, join the corporation, and then this clip of them hoisting him. What will that mean for the WWF champion Diesel? <laughs> I you guarantee know? you, when we get to that, when we do our pay per view reviews, we have to remember this episode. The hoist. The hoist action zone. Please remind I us of the hoist. That shit, and it's like Stephanie Wine talking about it. Or something. You know what I mean? I do. It's like, oh, and by the way, you can win a house. Like, <laughs> also all in the same mention. <laughs> then Sid blinks stupidly at the camera. Very exciting. It's seriously like crazy Joe Devola, the wrestling version. Yeah, but, it's so well, bad. Well, here's the thing: is Joe Devola like was a wrestler or whatever? He remember <laughs> he athlete? No, he produced that thing for Cindy Lauper. Remember? 
I do remember. Yeah. Then we get a very long close-up of Sid for no reason. Just end this! <laughs> Like, it's so long. <laughs> we have an LT chant again. Todd then throws to this hideous Triple H vignette here. This is the one where he's, like, still using yeah. the British accent. Oh, hello. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, and he's like, anything less would be uncivilized. Yeah, it's like that. Like, like, like the fucking Hulk Hogan, <laughs> like, like. Old Spice commercial or whatever. Hello, I don't like the Bushwhackers or whatever. He's like, for someone like me, being a champion, governor, actually comes easily. And then he puffs on a pipe. Well, that's all a bad omen for like the next 30 years, by the way. And of course, being a champion comes naturally, he says, when he's married to the owner's daughter. Like, oh my God. Like, there's so much about this that you just like think about the next 30 years right. of WF and you're just like, wow. And and it all started with Gorilla saying, who? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, too. Yeah, because Gorilla's just like, who is this jabroni? Like, it's amazing. Like, that's like Gorilla's like, reaction yeah. to this guy that would be like instrumental in absolutely everything. Gorilla's like, fuck him. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, who the fuck is this? I've been, I've been here since like the 60s. Like, fuck off. Like, basically. <laughs> it's like the most Gorilla reaction to people that are important like it in the future. Yeah. Who? <laughs> yeah. We now see clips of Hunter's Creek. Who, what? Someone on a golf course. Oh, it's the house they're giving away, Quinn. Get it's, it? It's very 90s McMansion. Yeah, Vince McMansion. And, and here's the thing. If you're giving away this shit, like, they're acting like a person that just wins a house after they have to pay for the taxes and all this. Yeah. Like, they can afford to, like, just go golfing, I don't know, with, like, Hunter Hearst Helmsley or something. Or, you know, move to Florida. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, we're going to upend our family because we won this house. <laughs> this shitty house that we can't afford the taxes on. They're just going to sell it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what they did. Yeah. The, the kid, the one at the 11 year old, sold like, it. Matt Pompate or whatever his name is. <laughs> you so- probably lose money. Yeah. Like, you probably lose. They're like, oh, you want to lose a bunch of money? Here, win this prize. Did that, now, didn't Don Shigoda Associates like handle this too? They, it's they real. They did. They, they were always like the, the prize people for them. We got a lot of entries. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It was good. <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie Wine. <laughs> if you want in, send a three by five piece of paper you know like the just the so mom and pop like right like it's like three they have to specify the paper like all <laughs> and you got horrible put your name address and phone number wwf in your house p.o box 7406 melville new york 11775 Why not the usual like fairfield new jersey because like, it's coliseum video releases I, I quinn this is, seems off this is in your house anyway back to the ring where the new foundations music hits because it's for the heavenly bodies wait, wait they still work here yes. and they look like total shit and everyone boos they're yeah. like who the fuck like what the like, fuck why yeah who cares in the midst of all of this todd and gorilla are having some weird banter quinn about jr buying a new house and smoking a pipe more on that later but they just they start this thread that continues the whole match mm-hmm. about how jr isn't here because he bought a house we'll get to it but we come back where the allied powers enter now with their awesome music i'll give them that we love their theme yeah it's good and their kids and like oversized t-shirts holding the flags Gorilla and all this is all surprised that the allied powers beat the blues brothers uh-huh. wrestlemania uh-huh. like nobody was surprised <laughs> like the blues brothers beating the british bulldog <laughs> and lex luger like two like top faces right are you kidding me it's like if the mega powers like even the threat of them losing to like Like the rujos yeah like something like that like it's stupid the arena is way too pyro smoky now as the bodies attack before the bell but powers even gorilla say something like i can't see anything or something yes powers don't care they just close on their asses out of there double delayed vertical suit plays by the allied powers referee's gonna be jack doan if you care luger has his like 96 WCW hair already, by the way. Getting ready. He is. Uh, 
Gorilla and Todd now bitch about Del Rey's gyrating. <laughs> Gorilla's like, he thinks it's cute! <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Everything about this is stupid. It, this match is too long, too. Yeah. A gigolo and Davy are in crossbody by the gigolo. Davy catches him and puts him in a tree of woe. Tagged to Dr. Tom. Tagged to Lex. Pritchard celebrates for literally no reason before they even do anything, which is funny. <laughs> Lock up and Pritchard with knees in the corner or right hands. Arm ringer reversed by Lex. Irish whip and a big press slam by Luger. Meanwhile, Todd talks about how Lex was on the WF magazine cover with Michael Jordan because that has a lot to do with wrestling. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he met him at a, an event. Let's what put it on even, the like, cover. What are they doing? Like, talking about Space Jam or something? It's like 95. Well, that wasn't out yet. I know, but it wasn't coming out in 95? Six. Oh, okay. I thought it was this year for some reason. It's not. Well, either way, it's still, like, pointless, and why does it have anything to do with wrestling? Well, I guess because Jordan, well, it doesn't, but maybe because Jordan was making his big comeback with the Bulls oh, in 95. that's why. Remember he had to wear, like, number 45 at first, and then he just said, no, I'm wearing 23, and they're, they find him. It's, it's fucking Michael Jordan. I, I like, know. What, that's who, what, what, who are they to be, like, yeah, the greatest? It's like telling Babe Ruth he can't be three if he, yeah. like, left for, like, a year. You know what I mean? Like, you know what the, you know, I look back at this whole Michael Jordan shit where he played baseball, but in the long run, it's essentially like he was injured for a year and a half. So, yeah. like, why was everyone pissed? Like, you know what I mean? Like, in, <laughs> yeah. in the end, it wasn't even very long. No. And when he came back, he was still really, really good. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, Bulldog's in now with a standing armbar, body slam, and an arm drag. And I shit you not, folks. I, I couldn't believe this, Joe. Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> I, up, I couldn't believe this. Brings up the Savalbar trophy from 1991 that Bulldog won. How are we still talking about this? It's like, this is Gorilla's version of the nightmare at yeah. WrestleMania 2, like in, but in this. Like it, it was one thing when he brought it up for Rumble 92. Right. It was only a few months earlier at that point. He he tries to hide that it was a long time ago by saying a few years ago. Like, <laughs> it's like he doesn't, almost four. It's like really a long time. No, like nobody who's a fan now remembers it because nobody who was a fan then stayed around for this bullshit. Like and not, fucking yeah. like mall, mall of America fucking wrestling here. <laughs> and not only that, it was a UK only pay-per-view. Right. So no one even watched well, it, it wasn't anyway. Coliseum video, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. World tour, Lord Alfred, like, on the train the whole time. Right. It's like, oh, the British Bulldog lived in this uh, fucking school or whatever. Here's Remember? his parents. What yeah. did he eat? Uh, fish, chicken. <laughs> As a child, tell me, what did he eat? Steak, bacon and eggs, chicken, fruit, milkshakes. And they're like the inverse, like, UK version of Stu. Like, <laughs> oh, he's a very strong boy. Yeah. But very big boy. You know, it's like that. Tag to the gigolo. Body's double team in the corner. Del Rey is gloriously junky. I just love it. He's so fat and shitty. <laughs> That's great. Irish whip reversed by Davey. High backdrop lariat for two. Irish whip and Pritchard with a blind tag here. Gorilla and Todd say there was no tag, even though I just called the tag because I saw the tag. <laughs> Fucking annoying here. Uh, body's double team a bit as we go to break and we come back where Del Rey has Bulldog in a very crappy reverse chin lock. Yeah, and since we're in a reverse yes, lo chin lock story. here, like, there's like a weird story that Todd and like saying Cornette is, like, helping JR move. Yeah, and that's like, why he's not with the bodies. That's why both of them aren't here <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, so, you know what? I actually think that's actually real. And, like, basically, JR was moving, like, Maybe. with Jeannie or whatever his wife is. And basically, like, Cornette is his friend in real life. And he's like, I'll help you move, motherfucker. <laughs> like, and, like, it's, like, literally Cornette and JR in, like, sweatpants and like shitty t-shirts large one yeah like literally like moving boxes into a house that surprisingly looks like the big mansion from in your house do you think like that, that's how i'm envisioning it who gets worse pit stains jr or cornet, cornet definitely you think cornet. so jr's like he's 
big, but like he's always sweating, so like it's less pity. I don't okay, know. it's more evenly distributed sweat. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But like fucking Cornette's probably like, I don't fucking ever get up, motherfucker. Like you know, like <laughs> so like he's like all disgusting. <laughs> They're having, like, I don't know, like, Coronas afterwards. Oh, you think? Corona? Yeah, like, okay. Remember when we fucking left shitty WCW, motherfucker? Like, you know, like that. They're like, they're yeah, like, pretty good. you know, kind of like celebrating after the movie. You know, like when you finish a movie and it's like really tiring. Yeah. So it's like you're like kind of sitting out on the back porch. The house is still like not unpacked. Oh, it's disheveled. Like, yeah. JR's wife is unpacking it. Right. Him and Cornette are just like reminiscing about how dumpy WCW was. Honey, can you bring me more limes out of the cooler? Right. And then Cornette leaves, like, doesn't help them unpack because, like, they didn't ask him to no, do that. No, you don't do that. Cornette's like, okay, I'm leaving, motherfucker. And then yeah. he, like, goes back to his, like, room with all the magazines on the wall or whatever that is. <laughs> like, tells Look at my house. And he tells his wife, wow, it was really fucking hard or whatever. <laughs> uh, Tabby to Pritchard, double kick by the body's girl, plugs the WWF Superstar line, which is 1-900-7374-WWF. You can talk to Shawn Michaels in his own home. Wow. Like, they, they say, in his own home! Yeah, because he's not wrestling. Yeah. He then informs us that Bam Bam Bigelow has demanded a match against Diesel. We're going to find out more about that it's as like weeks to come. foreshadowing <laughs> yeah. for, like, the big face turn. The big face turn, right? Bulldog is still getting beat down, like, forever here as Luger makes a fuss on the apron. False tag. As Todd B- <laughs> Pettengill says... I really like this, by the way. This good exchange. Right I've always said that you need two referees in a match like this, and Gorilla's all, I said that! Very good callback. <laughs> it is, right? It's I say that you know that what like he's like all mad about it. It was a good one. Uh, more tag team wrestling happens here as Gorilla calls Owen Hart the Rocket King. He, he has to. I said, oh, like tag champion, the Rocket King. He's literally the only person that's ever said <laughs> Nobody's that. Nobody's ever said that. No ever. one. Uh, and then Todd's like, why don't these guys just hook the leg? And Gorilla's, <laughs> this is this. I couldn't believe this. Like this is amazing. All he says is. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> just, just dumb. Just, just, why don't you hook the leg? Dumb. <laughs> why don't these guys hook the leg? Dumb. We get like our fourth false tag here as Gorilla has... This is so long. I know. Like, this is so long. Here's a highlight, though. Gorilla says he gets handed a note, and he's like, what is this? Don't hand me this note. Who is that guy? It looks like he wrote it with his foot. <laughs> that part... It looks like he wrote it with that couldn't look. And he's just like, just tell me over the headset if you have some news for me. Don't send in some goof with a note. What is this? Don't hand me this note. Well, they told me to hand it to you. No. Who is that guy? I don't know. It looks like he wrote it with his foot. Just tell me over the headset if you got some news from the locker room. Don't send some goof by here with a note. What? It's amazing that Gorilla is so mad. I don't even understand what he's mad about. Like, I think all it is, seriously, is, is Gorilla's... Tr- no, no, no. I think Gorilla, they told him, they're like, make it sound like there's some shit going on in the right. back. That you're like, you just want to know what's going on. He's just frustrated that he can't find out what's going on. Exactly. So Gorilla's just (sighs) like, this is like all ad lib. It's amazing. It's just Gorilla like making it up. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Luger finally gets the hot tag. He's a house of America, (laughs) by the way. Does anyone care about this match? No, it stinks. What Gorilla and Todd are talking about is like way more important. It is. Yeah. So after, (laughs) I can't even make this up. After this 12 minute heat segment on Bulldog, right? Right. Luger. Finally gets the the hot tag and yeah, everything. The house of Morton or whatever cleans a corner of the house. Tags Bulldog right I back couldn't in. Believe this? Are they still? <laughs> and then he gets the win with the power slam. Why didn't he just do that like a minute ago? Like he he, he didn't even need the tag. Like he just like he just like get the tag back in and then he's like does his finisher and that's oh, it. 
This felt like it was a 40-minute Triple H match. Well, Triple H, you know, <laughs> so civilized. Hello. He taught them or something. I don't Hello, know. Yeah, it's got his pipe. A fucking pipe. You all right, Mike? Why didn't they keep that, by the way, the, the pipe? pipe? It's good. It is good, actually. It's a nice touch. I could totally see Triple H now, like, watching wrestling as a grizzled bald man, like, with a pipe. It's like, this wrestling is not civilized, or whatever. Like, Samu. I wish that... You know what sometimes about Triple H? What? I wish that he would, like, acknowledge this character every now and then, if it's, like, technically part of his canon. It is. Like, why Why his name is Hunter Hurst Why does he ever not, like, why do we ever see him go home or something, and he's, like, there's, like, a room with, like, antlers on the wall or something? Well, he's just moved on from that, you know? Like, gives him lemonade or something, and he's like, this is so civilized, and, like, he's like, here, Amber, whatever his daughter is, it's like... Amber? I forget. I don't what, think it's Amber. Amber Rose? Isn't that Oh, his maybe daughter? it yeah. is. I don't know. I don't know, like, and they still live in, like, the fucking, like, stuffy house or whatever. They probably do live in a stuffy house. I it probably did, keeps the thermostat not, too high. It's not too stuffy, because I've seen Stephanie show it, and it just looks like any old house. Oh, really? Like, yeah, she's like, here's my dog, or whatever. <laughs> like, it's, you, know my dog. Ste- you know how Stephanie's Twitter is? It's just like her hanging out and my friend andre the giant yeah anyways the allied power celebrate here the announcers tell us to please watch raw tomorrow you know okay i'll be sure to do that that's all folks uh this was going along fine until that endless tag match it was okay it was a fun stupid show it was it was a you know what all credit to todd and gorilla Mm -hmm. they made it very entertaining yeah the toddster gorilla was in a very funny mood (laughs) he really complaining about nothing now i'll tell you this if they filmed like 60 of these in a row which they probably did i can't i can't wait till the later episodes where gorilla's (laughs) like fuck this show it sucks (laughs) how many times have we been in this arena they already kind of made that joke anyway yeah they did so this must have been like the second one at least this was a this was 1995 let me put it that way very nice very 1995 It was okay, though. Obviously, nothing that mattered. Yeah. And that tag match was horrible. It it's was hideous. so long. Right. In the hot tag that doesn't matter. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. It was so stupid. Anyway, folks, we hope you enjoyed episode number 171 here as we have romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Next week, we will be back for the debut of the Royal Flush of Tag Team Champions. We will have another fresh perspective, and we'll be reviewing something. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you have iTunes, please leave us a review there. We'd really appreciate that. And if you want the extra content, you can donate over at Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But until next week, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. Hello, Hunter Hearst Helmsley here. You know, when it comes to riffraff, delinquents, and hooligans, the World Wrestling Federation has more than its fair share. Bushwhackers who give hongies, how revolting. Head shrinkers who eat raw fish, please. And what about these smoking guns? I wouldn't wear a cowboy hat to a dog show. In other words, it's high time for all these superstars in the World Wrestling Federation to learn a lesson in class. In civility. And in how to be a gentleman. And I am just the man to teach them. Ooh!